friends. Hello. Hello, friends. Hello there, people. <laughs> How are you? Welcome to the Boy Howdy Podcast. We're, we're here to talk to you again. I am Annie. When you poke people, they fill with water. No, what, what's he saying, Game of Thrones? Men are made of water. When you poke them, the water comes out. <laughs> I just listened to a podcast earlier this week where they talked to the actor who played, uh, what's he, uh, Sorelli, the Italian. Uh, Sir, Sir, oh, man. What Arya's is dancing in Sirio? Sirio Farelli. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so I've been wanting to do an Italian accent. All Very good. You should play Assassin's Creed. Yeah. You can oh, be Etsu all Etsu. the time. Uh, did you hey see... everybody, it's the Boy Howdy Podcast. Oh, they announced Assassin's Creed 3. What's it called? Assassin's Creed I like 3? Assassin's Creed. I am no, no, fucking no. drunk. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Oh, yeah, no, no. Let's, let's do the introductory thing. My oh, name is who, Annie. Who am I? Who are you? You're Bill Ledger, aren't you? Sinzio Ferrari. We're the worst podcast in the world. No, really I'm are. Bill Mudrin. So, we're yeah. Talking. I got a squeaky chair. This week, we'll, of course, be talking about nerdy stuff, as we do. But also, in the second half of the program, we'll be talking to um, two of the gentlemen who are uh, part of the three-man team that is Two Player Productions. Yeah, Two Player Productions is a local, uh, local to Portland, at least, uh, video production team of three guys and uh you can't see it folks but he just held up two fingers and he said three guys <laughs> this is what got me in trouble in glorious bastards this is how i got killed <laughs> i what the hell did i do anyway no there there are three man a video team who are uh are dear to my hearts for um their work on the first season of penny arcade the series which is excellent it's weird because they haven't been in the news lately i think they might be going out of business that's right they're also notable recently uh do, beyond their good work on the minecraft documentary that they're working away on um they have been in the news for the kickstarter it Which we didn't get to talk there. about last week because we finished recording like literally ten minutes before yeah, it launched. Yeah, we, we last week we recorded a podcast. Annie got up, left the house because that's what Annie does when we finish. She gets bolts. the fuck out of here. And then I went. I was like, "Oh, what happened on Twitter?" And then everyone's like, "Holy shit! I just donated twenty five million dollars." Tim Schafer. So, of course, oh, y'all should yeah. know this. Tim Schafer, my bro from way back, from Adventure Time days. Um, uh, adventure he, game days. Don't say Adventure Time games. Excuse me, days. I don't want to confuse anyone. Because I think suddenly Tim Schafer's got stretchy powers. Times with Adventure Games. Excuse me. Do, can anyway. we talk about Adventure Time? It's so good. <laughs> anyway. Um, I just started, started watching Adventure Time. Tim Schafer, in, oh. in uh, a conjunction with two-player productions, um, initiated yes. a Kickstarter to um, raise money to make in a, point, a classic adventure game. I don't want to be presumptuous and say I'm point assuming, and click. Well, they said classic old school adventure game. Judging from the initial budget, well, I'll talk about this later. What? Well, yeah. But, uh, that's, it's gotta be a 2D adventure See, game. See, you just keep making these assumptions. Why? They talked about full throttle cost a million and a half They're dollars. gonna have to make an engine from scratch if they do what a engine? 2D. Bring back, well, all they have to do, they're, A, a they're, uh, they're, they're gonna want to be able to port this to every device under the fucking sun, including iPod, like, well, iPads that takes a lot and of money. iPhones. No, I'm not saying it's not going to cost a lot of money, but if it's a 2D adventure game, you know what ultimately I would like to see? Can we finish talking about what it is and then we can well, go we into our... We should finish. Oh, yeah. Anyway, two player productions. <laughs> uh, uh, they started a Kickstarter uh, with with uh, Double Fine Productions to make, raise money to make... fucking podcast. We're, we're awful. We're new listeners because people are going to hear what uh, two player productions has to In say. In all honesty, do you want to start this over again? No, nah, this is fine. <laughs> again what else we're we gonna say so it, this will be amazing because it's gonna be the um uh not only are double fine productions going to be making an old school names. adventure it's game paul owens paul levering and uh sf uh, siddiqui from two player productions they do amazing work we have two doing... people on later yeah we're gonna, talk. we're gonna talk about this but Maybe first not. we're gonna Maybe talk we're over each you. other <laughs> <laughs> i 
just, I just had their names. As I we just talk wanted about, to say their names. They're good. We... They're good men. They do good work. They're doing important stuff for gaming right now. Yeah. But ultimately, Paul it's going to be. Is, he's actually in San Francisco right now, uh, fondling and caressing Tim Schafer's neck. <laughs> While he videotapes Tim Schafer doing Moisturizing stuff. his lecturer's beard. Ah, uh, no, no, no. He, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Levering, he's actually down there filming. So uh, his his buddies, Paul Owens and uh, SF, they were uh, Asif. I cannot. It's okay to be racist, Bill. I'm, I, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> more in a white trash neighborhood. I'm surprised I can, yeah. Uh, I, I can't even remember the Italian guy's name from uh, Game of Thrones. It's totally racist. <laughs> so, no, yeah. So we do have this guy uh, showing up in the second half of the show. But yeah, so anyway, yeah, the Kickstarter. So yes, no, it's an <clears throat> excuse me, I'm all choked up thinking about it. So um, uh, basically, Tim Schafer turned to the nerds of the world and said, "You guys want me to make an adventure game, an old school adventure game? You've been asking for it for years. Fund it. Let's go around the publishers. I want three hundred thousand dollars to make this adventure game. We'll pay um uh, two player productions hundred thousand dollars to make a documentary about it, yeah. and let's let's do this. Well, they raised a million dollars within twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. We still have what twenty five days left, and they have. Um, one point eight million dollars. Yeah, I think at the time of course foregone conclusion that they're going to at least clear two uh, two million. God bless. But two million is still. It's not much. I mean, for a ga- modern gaming budget, it's going to be a it's small not much, team. But it's going to be. It's going to be like half a dozen people on that team. I'm, I'm sure. pumped. It's going to be it's great. Be good. And the guys at Two Player Productions are doing really important work, and it's going to be amazing to see that from the ground floor. Because for 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 like you know you can there's a lot about gaming development. It's a total mystery. Like Tim Schafer keeps saying things like the money values of things. It's been yeah. fascinating to hear, and it's going to be neat to see that. But anyway, that's the second half of the show. Let's talk about the the Nerd Week in Review. Uh, I thought Nerd Week in Review is this Kickstarter. Let's be Practically, honest. for all intents and purposes. Well, do you think it should be a two... Like, okay, I think I... Unless they unless they really do get enough money to make it a 3D game, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, because they, even they said uh, that, like, the, 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 the Sesame Street the game they mm-hmm. did... That costs like millions of do- like multiple oh, yeah. millions of dollars just oh, yeah. to do something like the simplest connect game in the world, and that's why. Well, they were talking about what is it, the Double Fine Happy Adventure Action Theater like, or whatever. Like three or they were talking about dollars? that was yeah. Yeah, and they're they're not going to get that. They might get three million at the very most or something. Mm-hmm. It like you know because there's still three weeks left in the Kickstarter, but that's. I would love for it to be two D, just because like they like Double Fine has been involved with so many amazing artists, and I just I there's something about two D. Yeah, I mean, would you want it to be? Well, do you think it's going to be? Uh, I would like, be okay even with them. Do you think kind it's going to be pixel graphics, or do you think it's going to be like the Monkey Island remakes where it's you know hand drawn? Man, if it looked I'm like I'm open to whatever. Oh, if to it looked like the the Raymond Origins game where it was kind of two D drawn, but that's really expensive. <laughs> I know it's expensive, but. I don't know. I'll be curious to see what... I'm sure they're, they're having this conversation right yeah. now. I'm Whatever their answer is, I'm pumped about yeah, it. I, it's going to be amazing. I'm sure... This sounds like more like they were just curious to see if they could get the funding and then they would worry about the design yeah. of the game. So I'm sure, like, literally, like, right now they're having that conversation where they're like, so, okay, it's going to be... What should it look like? And, yeah. Yeah. So speaking... We'll, we'll talk more about this in the second half. But speaking of... Um, what is it? I can't remember what it's called. Is it called Happy Action Theater? Yeah. Double Fine Happy Action Theater? It just came out like a week, a, week and a half ago. It just came out a week and a half ago. I own a Connect, and I... I didn't buy it because I didn't really see the need. But recently, I had to babysit a little four-year-old bro of mine, little um, Noah Crowley, and um, I thought, oh, well, he he had we. I bought Once Upon a Monster explicitly to play with him, but he's young enough that he was kind of scared by it and a little intimidated it? by it. He's he's almost four. Okay. 
and he doesn't always like being directly addressed by the TV. That's that is, a little that too is a weird scary for him. Proposition it is. For it's really weird. So he 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 loved to watch it, but he wanted me and his dad or someone else to play it. Oh, okay. So we did that a little bit, and then I thought I'm gonna try the double fine game. I'm gonna see how he digs it. So I went ahead and bought it. You mean oh my once god! Upon a t- monster? No, no, happy action well, theater. Well, that's more just you're just like no one's addressing you. Dear it's just Lord. shit happens on the screen. Right? Well, I was worried he would be kind of scared by seeing himself or anything like that. Yeah. But dear Lord, if you have that's a more someone, experience. if you have anyone, oh no, it's not because you're flailing around. If you have anyone under ten years old in your life, I just saw this giant bomb. Let's buy play it, but... this game, dear God. I have never. He played that game for an hour. Is there a game? Isn't it just you fucking It's not around? really a game. It's really a bunch of it's toys. It's happy time. It's toys. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, they're toys. That's great. Oh, yeah. There's oh, one man. that's basically, it is literally the floor is lava. It's actually very cool because rather than I've map. I've seen video of this. It it's, oh nice. man, he, he, he played that part alone for half an hour. I, is there half like an hour? Mini games. I oh, appreciate yeah. it's like the amount mini games of anything. imagination that went into making them. They're great. So, they're not very all clever. those games are, are, are all hits from what it looks like, but it. Well, I mean, it's all. I mean, the, the thing is that they cycle through them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a lot it's of like clever a ways. Game or something exactly. Where you're just constantly cycling through like crazy shit for like. There are a lot a of really clever uses for the connect, and I can. We played that lava game for half an hour. He threw my pillows in the lava. The floor is lava. And it was really great because you know it, it's it's actually very clever the way it uses the camera because you're not you don't really have a true wireframe or anything like that. It's all pretty primitive. They find like the keep like your hands and really yeah. use that as far as gameplay goes, but like they they there's it, they're able to ma- it, it's a first time that i've actually been compelled by these connect because like they'll do things like they'll map your room and they'll figure out where you are in relation to the room yeah. and like so like my chair in my living room is like just floating in the sea of lava or there's one aspect where you can like you you take five pictures that are mounted on each other and as you move like you um like you can move and repose yourself so that it'll come up differently but oh, i saw that yeah just like you, you like uh you get it's frozen like in time and thing. different poses, and exactly. so you can interact with yourself. Yeah, and it's great because like you, it sees dimension. So like I can I can stand back a little farther and stick out my arms, so and little, then I have two yeah. sets of arms. I mean, it's it's all very cute. Isn't that where it was like a crazy dance party? I, I haven't gotten that's... that one because he wanted to play The Floor is Lava for 30 <laughs> minutes. So you're not exactly the person to talk to about happy, the, the full breadth of happy action time. No, here. I've p- played like maybe five of the games because seriously, he kept aw. going, lava, lava. Actually, we called it fire. He's like, I want more fire. I want more fire. That is, that is funny that Happy Action Time Theaters, what did it for him and not oh. the uh, cookie And monster. he has been, that I babysat him on Sunday. Every day he has asked his mom at least four times a day, when am I going back over to play Play with we have just sold that family a next box connect bundle. Oh, what's really funny is, is he that Star he comes Wars? over to our that house. New bundle that's coming out in a month. He comes over to our house to play connect. Yeah. To draw on the Cintiq and play the guitar. We're giving him some very expensive taste here. <laughs> it's sorry, um, Julian. Tim. You were indulging his creative side. That's it. But I'm serious. Side. If you have a connect and you know someone under ten, buy the hell out of that game. You're not the first person. Uh, again, Giant Bond. They've been talking about how I like. Was it the guys at Giant Bomb they were talking about? Uh, one of the guys, uh, as soon as the Super Bowl was over last mm-hmm. weekend, or weekend before last, uh, without a word, he just threw in Happy Action Time Theater mm-hmm. right after the game was over and just turned on the Connect, and he didn't even tell anybody what it was. Yeah. It just people walking past the TV who just yeah. saw themselves on TV yeah. and saw that shit was happening. And he said that, like, he, he probably sold three or four Connects that oh, night yeah. just from people just... Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I really don't want to play games with the Connect. I don't. Yeah. I want to, like... Mass Effect. Yeah. Let, well, we can talk about that. Garrus, see me naked. 
now. Get her to touch my body. Get her to smell me. I don't know why we have those particular <laughs> vague and generic accents. <laughs> Eastern European porno. Get it. My nipples are filled with What else is happening in the week of game? Uh, no, what, what, what did you do this week? We, we talk about our lives. Because our lives are fa- fucking fascinating. I've been working on work stuff. My life has not been interesting. Yeah, the most interesting thing well, I've done. We the Mass Effect demo. We can talk I did. about that. We can talk. Do you want to talk about that now? No. Because that'll be the next 15 minutes. No, Let's I don't want to spoil anybody. No, the big thing is, so I, I have lots of work go- stuff going on and been busy and friend stuff. But I, um, Nothing happened to me. I, I've been working on Nintendo history book stuff. Good. That's, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. I spent... Oh. I spent I spent the last all day yesterday researching the uh, chip that the eight bit Nintendo was based off. Oh, seriously! That was my exciting day yesterday. So we should talk about the games we've been playing because our lives are empty husks of sadness. <laughs> Might as well been, talk about what we've been. I've been playing, playing more Assassin's Creed. I have nothing interesting to say about it though. Um, but the one thing I have been doing is um, a friend. I couldn't sleep. I, I kind of had a panic attack a couple of nights ago. And I couldn't sleep. So a friend of mine has been encouraging me to watch the show The League that's on FX. It's on Netflix. And I can't stop watching it. I'm totally obsessed with the show The League. Yeah. It's adorable. It's really great. It's about these friends who've been friends for, since high school and they have a fantasy football league. Is this animated? It is all live action. Oh, okay. But they're, it, it's semi-improvised. Um, and they're all horrible people. It's really about how sometimes you can be friends with assholes, but they're still worth it. You don't like right shows where people are horrible people. That Not usually. Though. Well, yeah. here's the thing. It's like it's kind of like how you Parks don't like and... the original Office. That's the thing. But at the end of the day, it's about people who genuinely love each other and are genuinely friends. Oh, they're assholes who like each other. Yeah, yeah. but and they're also mostly they're shit talking each other about fantasy football. Oh, okay, yeah. So, but it's even it's great if you don't like salts, fantasy yeah. football. And what I like about it is that there are a lot of different types of people on it. And my favorite part of the show was actually this couple, this married couple, um, uh, Kevin and Jenny, who have uh, like a five-year-old girl. And it's great. We had talked about this a little bit um, uh, when we were talking about strong female characters, it, mm. how there are very See few characters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Had these characters who are, we don't have a lot of characters about characters who are moms where mm. that's not all of their character. Well, Jenny is that. Jenny and Kevin are both great. And the way they... Um, you got Clara from the guild. She's that's the worst true. Mom, I was going to say, I don't know. <laughs> No, these are actually good parents, yeah, but yeah. They're, the stories that they have are more about their relationship, and it's a very realistic depiction of, of a long-standing couple. Yeah, no, that's cool. It's actually really great. I mean, that was always my favorite part is, of Firefly. Is the husband, like, emasculated or anything? Not at all. Okay. I mean, that, well, I mean, you see that on TV where it's like, he, oh, the wife, she knows everything. The guy, oh, the husband, he just likes hot dogs and TV. It's blah, not, blah, blah. it's, I mean, I would not, I would say their dynamic is that she is the more dominant one, but it is not in a, they're very much so peers and friends. Yeah. And it's really satisfying to watch. Also, they make a lot of dick jokes. You'd love it. They just said today, what was it, the phrase? Because they're shit-talking each other. And in the episode I watched today, um, one of the characters got caught by his workplace um, recording a, a webcam video shit-talking the league. Yeah. And he threatened one of his um, friends that he you was going to cut him from poo-hole to goo-hole. <laughs> 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 this made me happy. Oh, God. This is actually a little bit like uh, the Guild. Even the title of it. Not even league, remotely. It's a not bunch of even, people doing a geeky thing. Not even remotely. Because it's well, only... I'm just saying vaguely... they should pay Felicia Day five dollars. The the fantasy football is the vaguest frame on which the show is built. It's really about how you can be friends with someone and still be an the asshole. Guild for the masses, fantasy football, fantasy league. It, it makes sense. It's so cute that know. you think fantasy football is mainstream. Oh, what? Well, have you ever worked to... in an office? It, no, there is a difference between I like football to I play fantasy football. Yeah. Fantasy football. I've nerds... never played Final, uh, Final Fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? 
Fantasy football nerds. <laughs> how much they, people just wear belts strapped around their heads? They're pretty much comic book nerds with money. Like the, the, oh, the strength of emotions. Everyone's just got the time. You know when you say belts around your head, the first thing I think of is Quail Man. <laughs> I do not go to a Final Fantasy. I place. only know that because everyone dresses like uh, Quail Man for Halloween in Portland. Uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. So that's good. The, 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 the leak is good. Everyone should watch this on Netflix. Yeah, and, and uh, Annie just found out that Louis C.K. shows up on uh, tomorrow's night's episode of uh, Parks and Recreation. Yeah, man, uh, I the, love his. Tomorrow character. night being Thursday, the sixteenth of February, or whatever the hell. Louis so. C.K. is a great character on Parks and Rec. Parks and Recreation. Uh, Annie just got me into watching it just a couple weeks ago. Well. I had watched the first season of Parks and Rec- Recreation. It was not that good. Uh, but Annie was browbeating me for the longest time. But you gotta go back and all that shit's on Netflix. You gotta watch that shit. It's a fucking funny show. It's it's better than The Office ever was. Yeah, what's Annie was actually correct. It is, it, it is fucking hilarious. They're, they're basically, the first season, they're just throwing ingredients in the stew and figuring out what's gonna have and the right flavor. the first flavor. season, it's only six episodes yeah. long. So it, they're allowed. It, it took them half a dozen episodes. That's what I like about going. the league. The league hits the ground running. The yeah. league is exactly the show that it is from episode one to the most recent episode. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Which I enjoy. There are very few shows like that because there's like pretty much um, like a, a, like Arrested Development is very similar. Mm-hmm. But that's what it's always interesting to find something that's very fully formed from the get go. And it's Louis C.K. on NBC, so yeah, it's, it's on TV. You can just turn on Louis C.K. is going to be sitting there telling jokes. So yeah, well, and I love his character because he plays a, a sad schmuck cop who dates Leslie Nope. And his yeah. character is just great. I love him. It's a perfect character for Louis C.K. Like, if you ever watch Louis... have great chemistry. I'm just they kind do. of this weird, uncomfortable, kind of like, uh, I, I, I like you. Uh, okay? You know. Yeah. <laughs> if, like, Louis has talked about how, um, he talks about this when it, if you read any uh, the interviews about his show, how he's very uncomfortable with acting. But his character in Parks and Rec is so pretty much a variation of Louis C.K. Yeah, it's like, just like, <laughs> it's perfect. He just, ha- it's Louis C.K., just he's wearing cop uniform. Yeah. Yeah. And with a, with a much more subdued sense of humor. That's great. <laughs> so it's one of my favorite things about him is that he has not a lot of sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> he just hates everything, but he's funny about hating it. Yeah. But he's not like, waka, 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 you know. Uh, so anything else? Nope. Nope. Uh, all I did this week was I played. I you know I'm surprised I, you didn't start playing this or even give it a try. Gotham City Imposters. Have you heard about this? I've heard about you it. Heard There's about nothing this? there that I'm interested in other than the art style. It's hilarious. Well, the, what do you mean the art style? Like the actual graphic design of the game, like in game, it just looks like bullshit. It's all like <laughs> Unreal Three mashy face. Well, I mean the fact that everyone's wearing. Okay, oh yeah, well, rewind the clock to a year ago. Uh, I'm the Joker from Batman. <laughs> Uh, no, no, so no, uh, Gotham City Imposters, it's essentially Team Fortress 2, except yeah. Batmanified, yeah. and you have two teams, instead of red and blue, it's, 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 uh, people who are trying to be Batman, people, uh, versus people who think they're part of the Joker squad, but they're mm-hmm. all, like, underfunded, and they're all, like, crazy people, like, street people fighting each other. Uh, back in Pittsburgh, uh, I had a friend in the housemate named John Webb, who he loved Batman. He, fu- he, like, read all the Batman comic books, watched the movies, uh, but, uh, he loved, he loved Batman so much he'd made his own homemade Batman gear, oh which Lord. he didn't want to break copyright infringement with DC, despite <laughs> the fact this is something he just built in his basement. It's not like he was going to make it for, like, a web series or anything like this. Uh, he, so he created this paper mache Batman outfit with, like, the whole mask and shoulders with big spiky shoulders, but he realized Batman would be cooler if Batman were drenched in blood, so he what? threw red paint all over it, and there was a plastic garbage bag cape, and so, uh... He called himself the Bloody Bat. <laughs> Essentially, Gotham City Imposters is where you're playing as a bunch of homemade bloody bats, just beating the crap out of each other. It's great, yeah, because everyone's dressed like Batman, but like the Batman logo is just like 
hand drawn and crayon a piece of paper taped to, pe to people's shirts and stuff like See, that. See, that aspect of that function is very cute to me. But I, what do, what do I want to do with the team based shooter? No, the actual gameplay is not that amazing, but it's cute too. Like the tutorial. Oh man, well when you go to the to to tutorial, like. All the guys are, hey, you're going to be part of a Batman squad. All right, we'll show you what to do. It's it's just the sense of humor of the game is fantastic. The uh, it's Everyone's flipping about uh, Gotham City imposters because the funny little thing is uh, the menu icon on the screen is this little thing called Office Batman. Yeah. Who's this little uh, Office Batman character? He's got a little tie and a shirt. And That's he's great. just telling you, he's, he, like, when you're in the menus, he's the little icon just giving you, like, He's essentially Clippy from Windows. Just That's saying, adorable. if you want to, no, no, do this. It's 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 very cute. Yeah, the sense of humor in that game is fantastic. Uh, the fact that everyone's just wonder, you know running around wearing uh, roller skates and cardboard Batman helmets and shit. like that. You mean that. like the design of the game is compelling? No, which that's is what saying. I just said. No, but I think that like the graphic, like the graphics. Bill, I'm never gonna be the person who says, "Oh, that's all money." Really pew, pew. I'm just saying. I'm about the design, but it's cute. It's not well. There's only five maps in it. It's fifteen. It's one of those things where if it were ten dollars, the old Xbox Live price for games, it might I might be worth buying it. But there's only five maps, and I don't think anyone's gonna be playing this in a month from now. But, you know, for a free demo, it's fun to play. You get to play it for an hour. Which, is, actually, the demo is interesting because, yeah, you get to play it for an hour, but instead of just playing it over a uh, one-hour-long play session, you could divide your play session of that hour over, like, the course of a day or two. You could just oh. play for five minutes, power off your Xbox, go to something else, come back, you'll still have 55 minutes left. That's kind of nice. That's kind of nice. So I, I spread that over the course of three days until my Xbox Red ringed. Aww. And uh, it's not permanently dead. My Xbox tends to red ring every once in a while. I was going to say, did so you... I let it have a break. My Xbox red rings if I turn it on with the button on the controllers. What? I'm dead serious. You have what the Modern Warfare Special Edition? I do. Here's what you do, Bill. Jesus. Did you did you ta remove and then reinsert the hard drive? That also fixes what? my red rings. No, I just let my Xbox cool off for a day. Yeah. No. See, try. Fucking try Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel ridiculous Jesus. that I actually the fact know that this. we even have to. Yeah. This is my second Xbox. This is what my second or third. This is ridiculous. Yeah, and yet my PS3, which works fine, has an engine. I don't give a shit it. as long as my Xbox survives so long enough so I can play Mass Effect Three. I can just fucking shoot it in the head, <laughs> and I don't give a shit. Then I'll buy the the limited edition Star Wars Xbox that comes out in a there month and a half. So yeah, no uh, Gotham City Imposter, like I said, it's very cute. Uh, Office Batman <laughs> is fucking fantastic. Not fifteen dollars, fantastic, but that was cute. And uh, I've still been playing Forza Four. Until I realized, much to my dismay, I've been talking about how great Forza 4 is. Yeah. I collected the DeLorean. There's a great achievement in Forza 4 where if you uh, buy a DeLorean, hop in yeah. the car and race it, and go past 88 miles per hour, you Aww. get a special achievement for that. Nice. It's got, I bought James Bond's car from the Casino Royale movie. The, the you know, the recent nice. one. Nice. And uh, all kinds of stuff like that. I didn't realize I've been playing in baby mode the whole time. Oh, seriously? The game defaults to easy, yeah. where it's assisted steering and assisted oh, braking, so all you really have to do is kind of hit the gas button, and all this time I'm thinking, I'm so good at racing games, I was never good before, but I'm, I got better now. I've been playing this game for three weeks now, I just realized, I just went to the difficulty settings, and then I turned all the assisted stuff off to make yeah. it like an actual racing game, like a simulation game, and I just ran right into a brick wall the first turn of the first uh, race I was in. And uh, so that kind of, like, Damn it's still fun. I, I turned it back to the original easy difficulty. But, yeah, part of my enjoyment has been taken out where I just Aww. realized it is baby mode. It's, it's cool, though. Like, you still get all the achievement and stuff, and stuff. It's not like anything happens in the game that's bad because you're in baby mode. Like I said, I played it for three weeks in baby mode, not even realizing I was playing it. Yeah. But it's kind of emasculating where it's like, hmm. 
So it's great because I don't play racing games. So it's perfect mode for me because yeah. I can still have fun yeah. and feel competitive when racing and stuff. Yeah, like a bro that. of mine was giving me shit for playing Skyrim on, on easy, super casual mode. Yeah. He's like, I can't believe you're doing that. I'm just looking at him like, literally. What reason is there for me to do anything else? I'm not a very good video gamer, but I love video games. When you play Mass Effect 3, what are you going to play it Easy on? mode for babies! Are you going to play the, the storytelling mode? Well, no, 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 no. There are two different modes. There's combat modes, and then there are the storytelling modes. Those are two very different what? settings. Yeah. All I know is that you fire... There is from a the story demo mode. we played, yeah. there's, there's, base, there's role-playing mode, which is the basic Mass Effect experience. Yeah. There's combat mode, which I saw Joshin playing last night, which is yeah. really just... It turns it into Gears of War where all the toy stuff, yeah. all the character uh, decision-making stuff is totally just uh, taken out of the game. So you really are just like... You'll go up to somebody in whatever conversation you you would have had. Uh, It'll have just, for you. It just... Yeah. The option doesn't even come up. It's just... The story is laid out for you. But then uh, I played through the, the single-player demo both in, you know, normal Mass Effect style. Got fucking wiped out. Really? Yeah, I got my ass kicked. The second, the second half of the single-player demo? Yeah. When you're... Did oh, yeah. you play the whole thing? Yeah. Are we uh, talking about Mass Effect the Mass now? Effect, it might as well be. Spoilers for Mass Effect demo. I, you know, I've, I've done good about... I haven't spoiled myself at all about Mass Effect 3, mm -hmm. except until this demo came out. The second part is what you, I got to play at PAX, so I... To some degree. Oh, okay. Um, we we, we didn't get to see any of the story Krogan females? Yeah, but we got to play that I love PAX. the design of the Krogan female! She's great, the Krogan princess. Yeah! I'm is a little she offended that she's called... They call her that. They call that her is Krogan great! Princess. The Krogan princess! <laughs> That's what we call fat women at Walmart, the Krogan princess. <laughs> it sounds like an insult. They turn into, a, like, an actual part of the game. Um... But, uh, yeah, no, that, like, you know, I did the first part of the, the single-player demo the, with on the basic difficulty just yeah. fine. I got to the firefight uh, trying to rescue the Krogan princess, and I got fucking my ass handed to me. Well, but then I, I, I did eventually beat it, but then I restarted it on the role, or, or the, uh... The, the narrative friendly. Yeah, or it was weird. There were three settings. And I got I got the clear division between like story mode where it, it's really basic, and the things are in the gameplay is not very hard and all that stuff. And then there's role playing mode, and then there's a shooter mode. Oh yeah, that's what. That's oh, that's what, what Joshin was playing. Yeah, Joshin was playing combat mode, which actually does take out stuff where you you are not in control of conversations. Yeah, it's you're still shooting and stuff. But it's, it's still, it's, you're, you're getting the story, but you're just not defining your character. Hmm. It automatically levels up all your, when you level up, it automatically does everything for you. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, you just play it as a fucking shooter. You don't have to worry hmm. about inventories, about, like, you can still choose powers and stuff, but, yeah, you don't have to worry about putting your points anywhere when you level up. Uh, you know, of course, normal, uh, whatever the hell. I think it's actually just called the role-playing mode is yeah. the default Mass Effect experience. Yeah. But the, the story mode, mm -hmm. uh, you still, ha I thought maybe they would actually take some of the combat fights out in the same way that the combat mode takes out like actual conversations. Like I yeah. thought, yeah, I thought the uh, well, it, story mode would take out combat, but no, actually, it's yeah. all the combat's in there. It just, you just get like three times as much ammo. Mm -hmm. Guys get killed with like only one or two hits, whereas yeah. in the, the, the normal difficulty, it takes like, you know, half a dozen hits or something like that. And I actually had a better time playing it on the easy, the narrative story difficulty. Well, who, Especially that, that harder half, because I was just running around shooting, just having fun, and I wasn't worried about, like, oh my god, I gotta hide here, gotta, you know, I don't know. It was... That's what I was thinking about this demo, though, because as I'm playing it, they were really trying to show off the shooting aspects. Yeah. Who plays the Mass Effect games for the shooting Especially, aspects? Especially, man, that's, I th what, the thing that threw me off about the second half of that demo, the single-player demo, which the multiplayer is not available until this weekend... But the, the second half of that single-player demo threw me off because I'm not used to the controls and everything. You know, because I haven't played Mass Effect in two years. Mm 
and that totally threw me into the deep end of the pool where I was like, what the fuck? Oh, wait, ha- like, how do I put, like, ice shots onto my gun? Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't remember how to melee, and yeah. I couldn't even remember how to run. And so I was trying they to, like, run you. for cover. I was, they literally tell you how to do all these I things was, over the course of the day. I was playing Mass Effect 3 again, or Mass Effect again for the first time two years. Tears run down my face. <laughs> I couldn't see. I was so overjoyed. I saw Garrus, and I started weeping. I did. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I did get, what is it called? A frisson when I saw a Garrus. Frisian? That's just called a music when music has, like, a physical effect on you. Oh, okay, yeah, no, no Yeah, great. when Garrett showed up, actually when Rex showed up, my wife and I, we did high five. Okay, okay, I get confused because you have multiple characters of the same species throughout the two games. Rex is your companion, is your co companion from Mass Effect 1. That's correct. Who was he your... was not Grunt. Grunt Grunt is, like, the newborn baby that is correct. from Mass Effect 2. Liara is your sexy girlfriend from the first game, too, That right? is correct. She's the one She's who brings back Shepard in Mass Effect 2. She's that not is correct. your companion in Mass Effect 2. No. Oh, I just want to get this right. I'm glad you brought back my iPad because I'm gonna be spending the next two weeks just looking at uh, Mass Effect wikis just to get my brain caught up with the, with the lore Man. of all this shit. But I, no, but I was oh. surprised. Yeah, like playing the second half of that multiplayer, uh, the single player demo. Yeah, no, the 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 baby mode was my preferred. I had more fun just playing the shooting. Well, that's the thing. It's like so when you when you go in and play, there are I'm the sort of person I go to that options screen first. Yeah. There's a Invert combat. There's a combat difficulty thing, and yeah. there's like easy casual, like casual, normal, and difficult or something, insanity. Yeah. You know, and you can change that. I didn't there. mess with that. I just I just chose I always, at the always I'm always like, what? It's not normal. No, you're not. So this is week, I don't Bill care. Love, this is the week I learned Bill loves baby mode. <laughs> Between Forza? There are some games there are some games where I enjoy the difficulty. There are other games where I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not coming to this to be challenged. Well, I'll, when I play Mass Effect 3, I'm definitely going to choose the basic difficulty, you know, the the actual the normal. role playing experience. Yeah. Uh because I think I think that, that that part of the game that's in that that fucked me up in the demo would be easier if I've already been playing the game for twelve hours. Yeah. Because that seems like you're like level twelve and that. Yeah. So you've probably been playing by that time of the game. You've been playing for like half a dozen hours. By then, I'm sure that fight it's a lot easier if you're actually used to the controls and stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't know that role playing difficulty. That's an attractive option. I'm glad that that's in there. It's a neat. I mean, it's a smart idea. My only concern is it's not really clearly communicated. Yeah, because like even me when I was playing, I was. I was like, to see what do was I want different. story mode? I love the story of Mass Effect. That's what I'm playing. Do I want to play story mode? Yeah. The story what mode, is the difference between story mode and, story mode, and role Story playing? mode, you're getting all the same basic vitamins and ingredients you get from normal mode, except the combat's just easier. Yeah, that's it. It's They don't, like, there's not even less enemies. It's just yeah. the enemies, you just go shoot, shoot, do, they just yeah. fall down dead. Yeah, know? so last night, it was Valentine's Day, and the Ma- Mass Effect demo launches. <laughs> so I go to work. Great timing, Bioware. Get all dressed up. And my wife and I, my wife was like, so we're going to play Mass Effect, right? Because we, we were talking about going out to eat. And I was like, no, no, no. We'll go out to eat later this week. We still got dolled up. Yeah, I saw you had heels on and That's shit. right. Well, I went out I had heels on first. last night, too. That's right. That was... That's a different reason. Oh. No, we, we went out and we, Burgerville, which is this local burger chain, had a Valentine's <laughs> Day special. Oh, my God. Like, no, 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 we're going to do this right. Got a bottle of wine. You guys should have done the $10,000 uh, pizza hut. I should have. But no, so we and no, we went home and played Mass Effect. Well, here's the thing: we're like, we're we're, we're gonna play this. We're gonna try and make the shepherd as close to our shepherd as possible. And we noticed that when you're doing the modifying thing, there's a code at the bottom of the screen, and I noticed you can med- edit it. So I'm like, oh, we will get our shepherd code from Mass Effect Two. Oh, and just import the save. It. Oh, you told Because you can't. Oh, yeah, I you can't about this. import the save in the demo. No, you, you just can't. can't. Yeah. So I'm like, well, well, then we can do that. Well, here's the thing: we go. So my wife goes and grabs Mass Effect Two. We pop it in the console. And we go to loop boot it up. And we're looking at the shepherds, <laughs> and there's um, our shepherd, who is our Girl Scout lady shepherd. So you got for having twelve shepherds 
fold well, I only have box. I only really we have two shepherds. We yeah. have we have our, our our Harriet who is my canon shepherd. Um, Nick who's my um, just like let's be a Girl Scout. C and then, canon and D canon shepherd. And then we kinda started Bruce Shepherd um, for the first game. But that that's really it. Those I are my shepherds. Bruce Shepherd after watching Die Hard too. That was like all the incentive we need to go back and replay Mass Effect. Well no, I like, wanted Bruce to replay I wanted to replay Mass Effect just Any for excuse preparation. Replay Mass Effect is I'm not judging. Well I'm here's the thing. I go to boot up Harriet Shepherd so we can get her code. Not on my console. Your Mass Effect 2 save, though, so at least you have the first game. I do. Because the first game is, that's, Mass Effect 2, it's not, it's no, I have to it's re- not no, there. No, no, I have to replay Mass Effect 2, which isn't the biggest crime in the world. But I'm fuck. where the hell? Better that than Mass Effect 1, though, because that is a trudge. Where no, the I mean, hell yeah. is my Mass Effect, where is Harriet? I actually. You didn't, up, you didn't like, move it to the cloud? Are you no. sure you didn't move it to the cloud? No, I checked. Because you can't copy. I checked. Did you, did you say? Here's the thing. This uh, is what terrifies uh, me. This is what terrifies me. Literally two weeks ago. I, ha- I found an, a thumb drive that had been formatted for Xbox, and I needed to put something on the, the I needed to watch video, so I wiped the thumb drive. No, 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 I copied the thumb drive, the contents to my desktop, and then wiped the thumb drive and used it. This is the video game equivalent of, like, realizing you haven't fed your fish in two weeks. No, seriously. And no, then no, going no, back no. and going, is, oh, shit. This is the video game equivalent of realizing that you've left your, your daughter at school <laughs> for two, two weeks. weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. No, oh, I, that's terrible. And I, so I think, Wait. I, well, here, no, that Harriet, Harriet is lost me. I lost my Canon Shepherd. I almost vomited, like seriously. Oh, I can see that. I am. Oh, so... when, I, when I first fired up Mass Effect, oh. when Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect for two first came out two years ago, uh, I fired up Mass. I put the disc in the game. I was like, oh, I'm gonna tra- import my save from Mass Effect one. I was doing my import my save dance, right? And then it said save not compatible, importable save not found. I was like. Oh shit! Got to back up. Got to put Mass Effect One in there. See what the fuck's going on. Turns out I just uh, had forgotten to save after the big boss fight with uh, was it Saren at the end yeah. of uh, Mass Effect One, and so I just had to go back. That was kind of funny. Go back and replaying that boss fight without yeah. having played the game in two years before that. But at least Ugh. I didn't have to replay the whole game. I just had to make sure I saved My after the boss fight. My cannon shepherd is gone. But it's gone. Well, what what happened to you at the end of Mass Effect Two? Was it like a perfect? Did did did, did everyone this is, this survive? Is the thing. So the I tweeted this. I'm like, so this oh, Bill is like, this is your chance to fix it. Yeah! I am seriously offended by the implication that time I would let time that I would finish Mass Effect without saving away. anyone. Because here's what you don't understand: at the end of Mass Effect, for whatever reason, my first playthrough, Tali died, and I could not figure out. Why? Because I did everything right. Did you look up a guide, or you just did everything right according I did. to your heart? Well, no. I do- as soon as I'm like, what the fuck? Because it happens very subtly, and then at the end they're like, yeah, oh, no, and then the, the coffin yeah. is going away. <laughs> I'm like, fuck no. So I go and I read the guides, and I did everything correctly. So finally, what I had to do, I had not been using Tali for the most bulk of the game. So finally, what I had to do is in my final battle, I tried to, I played through it again with Tali on my team, but then Garrus got. Was, was killed. Oh, I'm like, God. fucking no way am I losing Garrus Vicarian. Tall is acceptable, not Garrus. Yeah. So I finally, I had to, oh no, no, I lost Morden. That's what it was. Oh, so I had to, Morden in the last, in the last battle, I went in with Morden and Tali, two characters <laughs> I never used. That's what I had to do, though. I had to take them with me, and then no one died. Oh, so, oh, okay, that does especially suck. Cause, you know, I replayed the end of that game, which is not brief. No, that's Three like times. a half hour. Three times. <sighs> Jesus. I got lucky. I, I got through the end of Mass Effect 2 with everyone intact the first time. I My, uh, my, who who feeds your fishes in Mass Effect 2? She got melted in, in the fucking tube. Yeah. That was horrifying. That still, like, le- left an emotional scar on me. 
But yeah, no, everyone else got my the fucking Normandy's completely empty. Well, now it's <laughs> you're weird. You're walking around the ship and yeah. everyone's already been turned into liquid goo, but <laughs> now it's oh, really weird man. because now we're in this position where it's like we can rewrite our canon. But this doesn't sound like there's like much to rewrite. Uh, what are you gonna do? Well, we're actually like, talking about like I'm gonna go see if it, where I had my saves in Mass Effect One. We may change who lives at the end of Mass Effect One. I think we may be loyal to our love interest during Mass Effect Two. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Okay. So it's like we're gonna we, but now it's weird. It's like I have this weird kind of jittery freedom of rewriting my own canon. Yeah, it's like you're a uh, you know getting ready for an expedition in the time traveling DeLorean. You got to figure out like yeah, map right. out what the fuck you're gonna do. That's yeah. right. Effect. Man, who's the guy who wrote Jurassic Park? He should write a book about Michael Crichton. going back in time and changing your Mass Effect 2 save. That's going great. back and rewriting history. Understand Duncan Jones, he needs to make a movie about going back in time. Seven <laughs> days. What was, what was that movie about? I have no idea Myron? what you're talking about. No, Duncan Jones! His, his movie that's not Moon. Oh, Source Code. Source Code. Yeah, the Source Code is going back, making sure uh, Tally lives. You could have made a looper joke. A looper's not out yet. Could be terrible. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> shut up. So what else happened? Was uh, my, yeah? Uh, that's what the hell? I didn't do anything else this week interesting as far as uh, personal stuff. What's allowed? I know, but I got. Well, I guess uh, if I was working, that's a good excuse not to do anything. Exactly. That's right, Phil. How's the Nintendo book going? It's man. Yeah. No. Oof. No, it's going well. It's just like the like little minute details of like. Research is yeah. just nuts, like pouring through all these Writing books. Writing a book is hard. Yeah, well, it's hard to write. When books. you're when you're like on hour four of trying to figure out, like, I spent all day trying to figure out like microprocessors because, uh, the uh, like the when the, the Atari twenty six hundred and the Magnavox Odyssey first came out, it was a big thing that they, they came out with microprocessors, which changed how games could work and you could right. use cartridges. And I'm not a tech minded person. The whole this Nintendo history book comic thing that I'm working on. It's more about the people than the tech. Right. But making sure I'm getting that shit right, that tech part, it's not boring. It's just, it's kind of like hard. going algebra instead of going out to play a little bit in terms of, like, writing stuff. And I'm not a writer. I'm an artist. So it's extra hard just to, like, trying to write uh, write well about tech. Just, just anyway. So, no, that, anyway. So that's, that's has no, that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, you want to talk about the Geek Week in Review? Sure. What Were happened we not? What's that? Were we not just doing that? We were talking about ourselves. We got to talk about the outside world. We got to talk about outside influence. All right, Bill, go for it. We got to go Enter- for it, Entertainment Bill, 720. Go for it. Did you? <laughs> Thank you for bringing it down to a reference on my level. So did I understand you see it. the uh, Parks and Recreation and Spider-Man trailer mashup? No, where it's <laughs> Andrew Garfield and Jean Raphael. No, Jean Raphael as Spider-Man, <laughs> where they brilliant. take all Jean Raphael scenes from Parks and Recreation and yeah. make it seem like he's Spider-Man. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. You know, it's it's footage from the new Spider-Man trailer that just came yeah. out two weeks ago. It's very cute. Uh, so, no, uh, uh, I guess we can cross off the two uh, first two things on my week in review list, uh, the Double Fine Adventure game and Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Uh, just earlier today, on Wednesday, they announced that, yes, it is confirmed Assassin's Creed 3 is coming out on October 30th of this year. Uh, they will also start a new protagonist. I'm really curious what that means. I haven't. Uh, I still haven't finished Revelations, so I'm sure they they hinted on Twitter today that it was like, well, you know, like from the end of Revelations, just you can extrapolate. Oh, from really? the, Yeah, but I haven't finished it yet. I I've heard some people talk about it. Supposedly, it's going to be the American Revolution. Which, I don't know what could happen at the end of Revelations. Well, see, well, no, my thing, my only thing with the American Revolution is, don't get me wrong, that sounds awesome, but what kind of, what environment are you going to climb on, on, when there's a Just cities? lots of very tiny bell towers, yeah. <laughs> yeah how, many, how, many, how many bell towers do they have in Massachusetts in 7076? Seriously. Six, yeah. In all honesty, seriously. Yeah. Like, to go from It doesn't have the grand architecture, yeah. 
to, like, Boston. Large trees. In 1775, you know. They can't do... Uh, they gotta do something, because they can't make an Assassin's Creed game that doesn't take place in a world without haystacks. That's <laughs> Actually, I'll have you know, Bill, in Revelations, you jump into flower bushes a lot. In fact, arguably more. It's actually great because when Ezio climbs out, I know every time. Every time he lands, I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're 50 years old. What are you doing? Landing back first in a flower drop into a flower bush. But what's really great is when you climb out, you got little flowers on. I slipped and fell once on ice and fell into a flower bush. It was not that pleasant experience. I wanted to draw one. It looks thorny too. I'm like, oh, Etsy. Oh, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, if they ever have an Assassin's Creed game that takes place in modern day, what do you do? Jump into laundry? Like, what the hell? They. I'm, I'm, that might be one of the things that's kind of keeping him from, like, thinking, let's do a modern day. It's like, what do you do? Swimming pools Fountains. everywhere. Yeah, I was going to say. just jumping from people's backyards and shit, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that, that happened today. That got announced. Uh, Jordan Mechner is remaking uh, Karatika. Have you ever played that? All I know is that I don't want Jordan Mechner to do anything but work on more, um, uh, what is it called? Solomon's? Solomon's, Solomon's Mines? Not Solomon's Quest. He wrote a book, a, a really great comic book that was totally like aimed at the demographic of me that are about um, Templars. Um, oh, was uh, it good? It was great. What was it called? Solomon's. They were Gold? just books. They weren't games. It was just the first comic book. And the second one was coming out later this year. In the Prince of Persia movie, didn't he write that? Well, yeah. I mean, he's the Prince of Persia guy, that and he was, was really terrible, right? Not. Be- it wasn't his fault. No, he's talking about fine. The writer has complete control in Hollywood. <laughs> I will not have this. I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure he wrote draft one. The guy who invented a video game 25 years ago. What are you talking about? He was not the uh, creative last word on that. It's movie. driving me crazy. What is the name of the comic? I loved it. I want there to be a billion more of them for a second. Solomon's Thieves. Thank you, Internet. That was good. I love Solomon's Thieves. I loved it. Is that so an older much. comic? No, it came out like two years ago. Oh, okay. It came out. Oh, you gave me an issue with that. Yeah, I keep. Oh, trying wait, to was get that a comic people. or was that a book? It was a comic. Oh, it was the first volume. The graphic novel, my dear. The graphic novel. I love the coloring in it. I love the kids. Yeah, the artwork looked really good. I love. It's one of those things where I keep trying to share it with people, hoping I'll find anyone excited about it. But the fact is, I need to go back in time to thirteen-year-old Annie, who'd shit a brick <laughs> over that book. Oh, he's making. Did you ever play Karatika though? No. Uh, it does not bode well that, uh, instead of be- people being excited by this news, it was mostly people arguing about how Karatika is pronounced. On- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's coming out. Karatika is actually one of the first video games, well, no, it was one of the first non-Atari 2600 games I ever played, because after I had an Atari 2600 as a kid, I got an Atari 7800, and one of the first games I got for that was Karatika. What exactly? Karatika. It's a... <laughs> Sounds like erotica. <laughs> I, I don't want to call it karatika. Erotic karate. Yeah. <laughs> RegisterKarotica.com.org.net. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, anyway, so is, it, is, it is it a fighting game? No, yeah, it's a one on one fighting game. It's kind of like the. It's kind of considered a progenitor of the Street Fighter games, where huh. it's a one on one fighting, but it's all very technical. Hmm. You know, well, because it's, it's like the Prince of Persia thing where the original game was based off of motion. Well, not motion hmm. capture, but, you know, he filmed. I guess that's another game where he filmed his yeah. brother and, and did all Jumping the movies and stuff and, like that. Yeah. And so it's all very, very deliberate. How do you update that in the day of motion cap everything? I hope they just don't turn into a two on like one on one street fighting game. If it was a very technical like one on one, yeah, I don't know. Because when I think of Jordan Mechner, I think of his like he's a he's a very narrative focused gaming person. I don't necessarily think of him in terms of game design innovation. I'm hoping it's just one on one like live people over Xbox Live playing it, not just like 
you're going to go up to one person, punch and kick him in the face. That person falls down. Because that's the original Karateka game. Is like, you're trying to rescue, I think it's your sister or someone. There's a lady in a castle. Yeah. you got to punch like 12 dudes to death in order to get the work. <laughs> and then you just enter a room. There's a guy there. Punch him to death. Then move on. And that's it. So basically it's Taken. Yeah. The video game. <laughs> yes. Oh, that wrong. was one thing that happened this week. They announced that Gina Carano is going to be in another action movie that is basically like uh, t- Taken, but with a lady. G- uh, Gina Carano, Gina Carano star from Haywire. Haywire. By the way, I'm working on a song um, that's a bit going to be set to the tune of Escape, the Pina Colada song. <laughs> that will be set if you like Gina Carano, kicking <laughs> dudes in the face. It's going to go on from there. Yeah. Okay, anyway, she, she's gonna be starring in those movies for the next decade. Yes, but here's the thing: it's 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 Taken. like it's a, something some with like some shitty act, dude with a shitty action movie pedigree. But it's gonna yeah, it's be female Taken. And what was interesting is I was thinking about this because uh, I, I just read the one sure, line it wasn't script. Tekken? They're making a Tekken movie, and she's they already started. did. Actually, she does martial arts. Yes, she does. No, but um, mixed martial arts, if you will. No, it's like uh, it was, so she. she does vacation, her husband. Her husband is killed, and then she goes on a vengeance thing. And I was thinking about him, like you know, if she, if it were gender reversed, is Mulatto a bad word? <laughs> it's not a good word. They used it in hairspray. People didn't sit and react well to that. I've heard it. But... I'm gonna keep talking about Gina Carano. <laughs> thank you. No, and then um, uh, they uh, um, they're like, if it were if it were actually a dude chasing after a woman, she'd just be kidnapped, and then goes and saves her. But yeah. since it's a dude, of course, the dude has been killed. You were telling me that Taken Two was supposed to be about. Uh, chick from Lost saving. That's what I'd heard. Is it not? Supposedly, it's not that simple. Supposedly, it's well, about it her. can't be. They're not gonna make a mo- another Taken movie that's not him. Would that be great everyone. though? If they actually made it'd the, be the awesome. chick from Taken be the star of the next one? That'd it would be take. That's why I was so impressed. That lady's an actress enough to pull that. I off would be so impressed because that takes a serious amount of balls to do uh, that. It's not quite that. It's not quite Aww. that. She does end up. Uh, she ends up facil- facilitating the rescue of uh, of Star Wars. <laughs> And then Star Wars ends up killing everyone again. So it, it sounds like the it does end pretty much the same way the first one did with Neil with what's his name Liam Neeson kills with everyone making a list checking it up twice. As you see, of all the movies you can call him, you call him Star Wars. Not even Phantom Menace, you call him Star Wars. <laughs> like seriously. When Gangs New York jumps Thank out you. the window. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> when the first 15 minutes of Gangs New York kills everybody. <laughs> it's really amazing. Anyway, so yeah, uh, that happened. Uh, here's the... This is weird. Hasbro has struck a deal with Zynga. Zynga, the game manufacturer, to make Zynga board games. Uh, this essentially means that the company that makes Scrabble, which also once... <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, which once sued Zynga over Words with Friends being a Facebook Scrabble clone will now probably end up making a Words with Friends Scrabble game. That is amazing. I love corporate lawsuits. <laughs> Money will make anyone do anything. That is fantastic. You know, Zynga is like the perfect example of I don't understand business. Yeah. Because I was reading their their financial they reports just so came out. They lost so much money? Yeah, they made $1.4 billion. No, no, no. One point, almost $1.2 billion last year, and they've lost $400 million. They're fucking up. I do not understand money. Yeah. Where, where's Dave Chappelle? Well, no, no, no. I mean, you have to they're spend money. Up. They're trying to put themselves in a position to oh, be more profitable. But, but the thing is, Zynga is, like, they're not, they are a fading star, and they don't seem to understand this. Like, and there's no, this is the time when they should be rolling in them does. Yeah, rolling they're fucking out. up. Anyway. Have you sold your stock yet? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> um, so that's happening. Uh, speaking of toys, Mattel is opening up pre-orders for Back to the Future 2 hoverboards in March. 
What exactly is the hoverboard? What? I mean, is it just going to be a skateboard that's designed to Are you talking about real life? Have you seen Back to the Future? Well, Bill, I understand. In real life, are they going to be actual hoverboards, Bill? You know what? I was listening to last week's podcast, and I mentioned something about Back to the Future, and you were like, in Back to the Future, did they eat Snoopy? Or something like that, where I was like, wait, why would you ask that question about Back to the Future if you pretend that you haven't seen the film before? I have watched the TV show as a kid. I'm just saying. Oh, God, I forgot about I watched that. a shitty cartoon. Oh, man, they actually had, I, they I had Bill Nye the Science Guy on that. Yeah, they did. Oh, man, that is a cute cartoon. Anyway, my point being that what? how the hell are they making a hoverboard? This, this sounds kind of dodgy because they're talking about how this is going to be a high-priced premium product. Yeah. Everyone's like, this is going to cost like $1,000. It will glide on most surfaces. <laughs> no one knows what the hell that means. Although it will not hover. Check back in 2015 is what they're saying. Because they're just Seriously? making a joke. But what's the difference if it's not going to hover, but it's going to glide? I'm wondering if it doesn't have like a, a like two band roll-on deodorant orbs on the bottom that just kind of like smears its way across the surface where it's technically gliding, but it's not like See, that's it's why you making fun but... of me. That was the question I was asking. I was asking how the hell are they going to make it hover? But yeah, the fact that you can go into a store in 2015 and actually buy one of Marty's pink hoverboards kind of cracks me up. I'm assuming they're just making Marty's uh, stolen hoverboards and not the, the pit bull that uh, Griff uses. Oh, I'm Bill. just throwing that out there. <laughs> Because that actually has engines and shit oh, on it, Bill. and you connect your gang members to it and fly through, <laughs> tr- like, uh, stained glass windows. That's right. Um, Jason Reitman. What did he do? Juno, and one of my favorite movies of all time, Thank You for Smoking. He's doing an all-black production of Reservoir Dogs. You have not seen Reservoir Dogs. We're going to have to correct that sometime soon. Is he? How have I not heard this? Uh, no, it's not a film. It's going to be a, pro- a live production. Oh, he's been doing this. He's been doing live readings of stuff. Like, he had Mindy Kaling in a reading of The Breakfast Club. And stuff oh, like really? That. This is something he's been doing for oh, a that while would be, now. What the hell? Oh, did she play uh, Molly Ringwald? I can't remember. Oh, that sounds awesome. Oh, but yeah, he's been doing this so. in LA. But yeah, his next project is, yeah, All Black uh, Reservoir Dogs. It's going to be starring uh, people. <laughs> oh, no, it's uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. as Mr. Orange. Glad to see you, Gooding uh, Jr. doing something that's not Snow, Snow Dogs. dogs. <laughs> uh, Terrence Howard uh, from the Iron, first Iron Man movie, he's playing uh, Mr. Blonde, which of anyone who knows Reservoir Dogs, that's going to be interesting because Terrence Howard, I've only seen him in, in, in Iron Man. He's kind of low-key. He wasn't bad. He was kind of just low-key. Um, for people who don't know Reservoir Dogs, Mr. Blonde's a fucking crazy person played by Michael Madsen who, who fucks someone up. Uh, but yeah, uh, supposedly... Uh, it's been rumored, though, that Mr. White, who was played by... Who's the piano? Is played by the piano. I'm just going to let you have this one, Bill. I'm not touching this. Mr. White, who was played by Mean Streets in the original uh, Reservoir Dogs films, is going to be played by Morgan Freeman, supposedly. That's what people are guessing, because that ha- that part has not been announced yet. Uh, that would be fucking amazing. Mr. White. Harvey Keitel! Mm-hmm. Uh, people are hoping it's Morgan Freeman. I'm just saying. Morgan Freeman playing Mr. White in Reservoir Dogs? Holy shit, you need to see Reservoir Dogs because it's a very cute story of a young man and an old man getting fucked up by bullets. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's a very cute Tarantino film. Uh, according to Greedo, George Lucas shot first. Yeah, so what are, what are, That's the, what are the exact <laughs> words that George Lucas said? Because I saw the headline, George Lucas said that Han never shot first, you just weren't paying attention. And I couldn't even read the article. No, that's what it was pretty much he was just saying that he, the way it was edited, it was unclear as to who shot first, but he's always meant it that Greedo did, or that, no, yeah, Greedo shot first. 
and that people now who want to make Han like seem more like a badass mass murderer. Lucas says something almost that that exact phrasing. Wow. Want to think that Han is is a crazy person and shot first. George Lucas is full of shit. Well, I know that's not think? news, but yeah. it's just, man, it's, he's it's just like more he blasé about just saying, fuck y'alls, I'm just yeah. rewriting history, I don't give a shit. It's I'm like, old, I got money. I mean... I got your it, money. Being disappointed in George Lucas is kind of our national treasure as nerds at this point. Did it's you just... see that with this this week's uh, box top, box office total of, uh, was it The Phantom Menace just came out in 3D? Was it like $9 million? It, yeah, supposedly it's a huge disappointment, but it is enough to put it within striking distance of overtaking the original Star Wars in terms of how much money each of those films have grossed. Like, bumping, like, the original Star Wars from, like, 4 to 5. Which, if there's any reason not to go see The Phantom Menace in fucking 3D, that's it right there. Bumping the original Star Wars out of its ranking in the top five uh, uh, grossing movies of all time. <sighs> Jesus. Uh, Dan Aykroyd is threatening to just recast Bill Murray's part in Ghostbusters 3. Really? Yeah, Dan Aykroyd's, you know, he's been trying to get Bill Ghostbusters. Bill Murray's too busy getting high with 20-year-olds. With to make a movie. She was <laughs> getting laid by co-eds. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Bill Murray. Did he, they didn't get laid. Don't make, don't be smirch. <laughs> he has not consumed any <laughs> marijuana. Wait, did he get hot in that movie? Not in that movie. I'm saying Which, that's why talking he's about too thing? busy. Lost in translation, right? No, I'm talking about in real life. Wait, what happened? Bill Murray is too busy out with co-eds. What? Have you have you not heard anything about Bill Murray and what he does in his his time? I know time? he regrets he regrets Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> no, all he does is he goes to college parties. What? Have you never heard any of this, dude? Seriously, does he get rented out to college parties? <laughs> That's the indication. He's like a keg, but it's no, just he's Bill like Murray? he's like he'll show up and do your dishes and talk, regale people in the kitchen. Like, he's I mean, got nothing else to do. He's getting so much teenage poo, and like one of the reasons why his wife what? divorced no! him. Yes. Where is why his wife divorced him? He's like he's he spends all this time with underage oh. kids and or excuse me, uh, young kids and and like doing pot. And she's like, and I don't have you. I mean, you if you look if you look on Reddit, like Reddit every other week is the here's internet. me and my new friend Bill Murray oh, that and he's at some depressing. party with like you know a, a red cup oh, in his hands. Ball sacks in my lips. I'm just saying this is why I could not oh. get. Everyone gets all upset about Bill Murray in this. I'm like, dude, Bill Murray. He's Bill Murray in. He's just Bill Murray in right now. According to Dan Aykroyd, though, it sounds like it's kind of probable they might get Rick Moranis. But what is a Rick Moranis worth if you forsake a Bill Murray? <laughs> um, God, okay, I didn't know that that half of the story. Uh, we're almost done here. Uh, Gilmer, what's his name? Guillermo del Toro? Yeah. Did, how do you know I was going to say that? Because you said I Gilmore so much. You're going to talk about Gilmore Girls or Gilmore del Toro? <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth is going to make a Beauty and the Beast movie starring Harry Potter's girlfriend. Oh, yeah, Emma Watson. Yeah. She is pretty. Yeah. <laughs> say, like, she is pretty. She's not as bucktooth as she was in the books, but... That, A, Emma Watson gets to prove if she can actually act or not. I mean, she held her own in the Harry Potter movies. I just but... want Guillermo del Toro to get money to make weird because, shit. Because, you know, Guillermo del Toro movies are all about the acting and writing. <laughs> What am I saying? That's all she needs to do is show up and pretend startled by like the weird makeup by D uh, Doug Jones and makeup. Going, uh, oh, Duncan Jones. I was saying Doug Jones is a movie director before. Yeah, Douglas Jones is. Oh no, you said Duncan before. Did I say Duncan? Now I'm talking about. I would like to see Duncan Jones <laughs> in creepy makeup, chasing Emma Watson around. That's right. Um, 
uh, IDW, the comic book maker, has announced a Star Trek Doctor Who crossover coming as coming this year. Everyone's been losing their shit about that. They have not announced who's working on it. Yeah, that, and that sums up everything again. that I hate about licensed comics. That's like worrying about who's going to be writing the next uh, Guillermo del Toro movie. <laughs> no one gives a shit as long as you get to see the Doctor and Picard shaking hands on the bridge of the Enterprise. Who the, who, who, anyone Nerds could write that. We, You know what? We could write the first issue right now in the next It'd be really minutes. great if they just literally they found the first hit on fanfiction.net for this that is probably on fanfiction.net. We'll send you $100. We couldn't tune you with fanfiction. New <laughs> they found a DeviantArt artist um, to do the interiors. They got Russell T. Davies, who brought back Doctor Who originally before mm-hmm. Stephen Moffat took over. It was He had a fantasy of actually doing an actual officially sanctioned Star Trek crossover with Doctor Who mm-hmm. on Doctor Who itself. He always thought it would be funny if the Doctor suddenly just appeared on the bridge of the Enterprise. Yeah. And it was an episode of them kind of interacting, but that was just never going to happen. I don't know. I'll, I'll buy that. Of course you will. Yeah. I already sent them an email asking if they need someone to do cover art. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Doctor Who, Mark Gaddis, who is a writer on Doctor Who, is rumored to be writing a How Doctor Who Was Created biopic for BBC to be uh, released in 2013. Did you really just call it biopic? How do you pronounce it? Biopic? Biopic? Do you call it biopic? What, what are the powers in Mass Effect? <laughs> Biotics? No! Biotics! Biotics! It's a biopic! Biopic? Biopic. I mean, am I wrong? I've always heard it be biopic. It could be biopic. In my workplace, like, I have a coworker who's the, the, um, I'm not gonna tell the story already. <laughs> biopic. Is it biopic? I, who gives a shit? I'm Googling it. He may or may not be, uh, creating this Doctor Who TV movie about how Doctor Who was created. Fuck you. I do like that when you do a Google search for biopic, one of the first things that comes up is biopic pronunciation. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, one last thing. This no, is the last thing, and then we're just gonna kill ourselves. Like, we're in a cult. <laughs> a cult of ourselves. Cult of personality! Uh, no, according to the latest issue of Game Informer, uh, Journey, from the makers of Flower, etc., is due out in March. March oh, 15th, man. specifically. Just saying. Could be a busy March. What? A- oh, yeah, because Mass Effect comes out, what, the 6th? Mass Effect! What else comes out? Ha-ha! What the hell Validation! Is that? Validation. Okay, go ahead. Here, I'm gonna hold it up. Biopic. That's biopic. right. Why isn't it biotic? Rex, use your biotic. It's a biographical picture. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, dictionary.com. God damn the internet. Uh, so that is our week in review. Anything else interesting happened? No. Nope. Let's go on. Let's let's get ready to talk to our bros at Two Player Productions. We gotta talk to the guys at Two Yeah Two PP. I'm so excited. Yeah. Let's get to that. Okay, and here we are with uh, Two Player Productions with uh, Paul Owens. Uh, yep, yep. And Asif? Correct. Siddiqui. Yep. <laughs> Hello? Uh, these guys are, uh, making the Double Fine documentary. Yeah! Yeah. These guys are also, um, uh, awesome because they did the really great, um, first season of Penny Arcade, the series. Which is fucking fantastic. And at least one episode that I've seen of, uh, a little documentary on, uh, Uncharted 2, 3. The is that all that stuff on trailer. 
Just the first episode. Was yeah. that stuff that like came on, like on the special edition of the the, the disc for that or something? Nothing was on the disc. Yeah, they never put it on there. It, we did it too late in the cycle to really get it on there. So. Uh, yeah, if you go to try and play a multiplayer session for Uncharted Three. Oh, you guys did that the, stuff. Well, it's one of the looping things. Oh, okay. In there. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that okay. I've heard about. Which, yeah, uh, I've not played that much uh, Uncharted 3 multiplayer. Haven't you played reason? enough to unlock kitty ears? Come on. That's a thing. <laughs> Apparently. Did you guys document that? <laughs> the creation of the kitty ears? You missed that was, out. That was a whole department that we weren't allowed to yeah, see. Yeah, that was a totally yeah. different document. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, okay, so Paul Owens, he is a director, uh, well, not director of the company, but you are a director at Two Player Productions. Yep, I'm one of the many directors at Two Player. Yeah. <laughs> this this large. He, he is one of one directors. You guys are the Foxconn of Portland-based video game documentary web, uh, websites. And uh, no, I yeah. actually am curious. What is the structure of your organization? Uh, I mean, you know, it's just three of us, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty equal, and we kind of mingle within. You know, it's it's very unclear. We just mm-hmm. do what needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. Of. I was looking at your credits for uh, the uh, uh, reformat the planet. Uh, documentary that you did about uh, uh, chiptunes music and i saw the credits are like half of you guys are doing like three different things although that's an older documentary this is before you guys have probably become a little more structured than you are now yeah but, i mean it's probably stayed about the same i would say that we just picked credits because we needed to yeah exactly yeah. just yeah. Uh, so something for imdb yeah. yeah and then we tend to like sort of concentrate on those areas like i'll do most of the shooting Paul does a lot of the editing, mm-hmm. and uh, Paul makes Levering. a lot of the, Paul Levering makes a lot of the phone. Yeah, calls. there's two Pauls. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> Paul looks like a werewolf. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I'm bringing that up now. That makes for good radio. He looks like he's got a striking face. He could be on Twilight. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> he, should, he should be striking a pose on a black leather jacket. Mm. Oh, so you guys are on a jacket. Like the black leather jacket is on the ground. You right you are about that. I've never seen the werewolf movie. Anyway. Underworld. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure it's good. Um, so yeah, how the hell uh, we're gonna jump back to the beginning because I am a fan of your guys' stuff. Uh, but even I, I'm, 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 you know, buddies with you guys. But even uh, how did you guys start two player productions? How did this all come about? Like, are you guys all from Portland or what happened there? Uh, I guess like the I'll try to be quick because I don't think this is too interesting. But, uh, <laughs> the earliest thing I can say is that in high school I knew Paul Lever and the other guy, mm-hmm. and we often talked about games and movies and. That's the games, movies, and music, mm-hmm. and maybe doing something one day involving those, like you know, maybe running a game store or something. You know, mm-hmm. are you guys from Portland? You guys went to no, we're from here? New Jersey. Oh, 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 I love you guys even more. <laughs> I love East Coast expatriates. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so then we graduated. Uh, I went to film school, and that's where I met Asif. Mm-hmm. And we worked a lot together, and we were doing behind-the-scenes documentaries on feature films and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we kind of got into documentary that way. And then uh, once we graduated from college with all the skills, I hooked up with Paul again. Because he was telling me about an idea he had about doing a uh, documentary on game music. You know, yeah, the kind of became yeah. Reformated Planet, and that's kind of where things kind of started, really. Mm-hmm. Where did you guys go to school at? Where did you guys... Drexel in Drexel. Philadelphia? Drexel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good film program. I went to the University of the Arts in Philadelphia. Ah, got kicked out. That was well, a long time Didn't realize ago. you were so close by. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I, could have, I, I, I could have been the Paul. I, my name wasn't Paul. I could have been part of the company. <laughs> There's two Pauls. What's that? What year did you start? Uh, 94. 94. Uh, when did, okay. Wait, how old are you guys? Oh, okay. Uh, we started in we started 2001. Fuck y'alls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an yeah. old man. <laughs> uh, this is why I'm old in the 8-bit Nintendo shit. That's all that's keeping me alive 
is all the stuff that came out like 25, 30 years ago. Um, so what you're saying, it's like the portrait of Dorian Gray, it's just like a pixel portrait in your attic? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. just melting. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was my portrait of so, Dorian Well, well how did you guys end up uh, coming out here to Portland? Uh, how is it that you're not like doing all this stuff in Chicago? Or, uh, uh, we, were, we were doing in New York a lot uh, to begin with, um, but then we got an offer to do the Penny Arcade Series show, okay. and that was in Seattle. We didn't want to move to Seattle. We wanted to go to Portland because it seemed cooler. Yeah, so we, <laughs> hell uh, of a <clears throat> yeah. So what did you guys like? What was the filming situation for Penny Arcade like? Were you guys just spending? I mean, if, if you guys were based in Portland, but you had to do all, I'm assuming tons of, of filming over the course of what, like a year for the Penny Arcade. Yeah, show? What it was, was like, that. Process? It was like a nine month stretch, but it because stretch, yeah, mm-hmm. because oh, really? we okay. knew like what the episodes were going to be about mm-hmm. our oh. our shooting was a lot more focused so oh, we didn't see, just... I assume that maybe you guys just shot for like nine months no, and then no, no, just no. yeah oh. we, we had an episode structure in mind and then like we would go up to Seattle like maybe once or twice a month mm-hmm. and we would be there for like three days and get everything we needed done mm-hmm. in that frame of time and then we would come back and do all the editing and post yeah. and you'd beat Mike and Jerry when they went off script or exactly. yeah. Yeah. yeah in a burlap sack <laughs> yeah. okay that's a really good so. idea then that's yeah, yeah. Huh, I mean, okay. considering that people really liked the show and it turned out okay, we didn't put that much effort into it. <laughs> Good no, job. We're well not done. To no, you guys <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's really great. It comes off as real casual and very real. Y'all did an excellent job with that. Good. Thanks. Did um, when 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 you say so, they approached you for the Penny Arcade series. It was well, uh, Paul Levering had been a fan of theirs for a really long time, and mm-hmm. he was that one that actually wrote to them. And Paul's mm-hmm. your producer, right? Paul's the producer. Yeah, okay, yeah. And he just sort of like poured his heart out and was like. Uh, just sort of sharing his his feelings on a. <laughs> I don't know how much I, I want to get into this, but like, uh, basically, long story short, we took Reformat the Planet onto mm-hmm. the festival circuit, yeah, and didn't have that great of an experience. Mm-hmm. And Paul just sort of like wrote to Mike and Jerry about that, and like, you know, what a tough time we had had getting the film out, and then somehow that transitioned into like. Uh, you know, us playing the movie at PAX mm-hmm. and like yeah. us doing some coverage for that first year, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, it just sort of slowly evolved over time. Yeah, I think Ku uh, Robert Ku, mm-hmm. the head dude at Penny Arcade, was just he watched Roof from At the Planet and he wanted he recognized that we made the people in the movie look cool. <laughs> he wanted uh, Mike and Jerry to look cool. Yeah, and that's kind of why people hire us. It's just like. Was this when Penny Ar- cool. when Mike and Jerry were already doing the Penny Arcade podcast? Because I know it seemed like for a while they were trying to get into doing kind of meta stuff for the website where it wasn't just about the strip, but it was a little bit more presenting Mike and Jerry. No, it was after that. It was just it was yeah, after they had half have heartedly been doing that podcast stuff for years. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying, but I don't know. Yeah. Bill, you've been on the internet as long as I have. I love I explaining to... things to you about the internet. Bill, have you heard of the hamster dance? <laughs> I hear this is an amazing dance at Baby Gift. No, but y'all do an amazing... What I really love about Penny Arcade, the series, is that it really does an excellent job of getting a sense of who these people are and just making you fall in love with their company and their organization. Yeah. I mean, and that's... that I can see why Robert Koo would be drawn to that, because, I mean, at the end of the day, that makes me so much more loyal to the idea of their company than I was ever before. Like, my wife and I... My wife wanted to go to PAX, partially because she wanted to go, and partially because this is a really amazing company that I want to support with mm-hmm. my dollars. Yeah. And that's just... I mean, it's brilliant. Not to say it was all a PR move, but that was a great PR move. It, it on, was. On <laughs> part, yeah. just to kind of present those personalities and the inner workings of the company <clears throat> out there. Scott Kurtz, I still don't watch anything or have read anything Scott Kurtz ever done but just from seeing him on the Penny Arcade show seems like an awesome guy yeah that's true yeah. 
Hey y'all, it's just great. I love how y'all get these very human stories out of these people. And yeah. it's just really The whole engaging. episode about when they hire on the new hire and the whole kind of apprentice bullshit that went on. With that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was great. I was obviously kind of skewed for, you know, the, 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 the show, but it was still entertaining and it was real enough that you didn't feel like it was total, like, overproduced yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. That's as close as we're going to get to reality TV. <laughs> good. <laughs> but it was a good slice. If that was what your yeah. one stab, that was a good slice. <laughs> Um, that make me want to boil my eyes out afterwards. So well done. Cool. <laughs> Better than most reality television. Well, you yeah. guys. Well, once that was done, you guys did not go on to Penny Arcade season two. You guys started doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that was right around the time. Uh, well, you can't explain it. I can't talk too much. Oh no, no, yeah. you're you're talking enough, Paul. Say whatever you want. We uh, <clears throat> got an offer to do some stuff with Naughty Dog, and mm-hmm. in general, I felt like we had done enough with the show where like I couldn't imagine doing maybe like more than a few more episodes like it was was pretty much just like we're out of ideas for this and Mm -hmm. my thought was that it should just end after the season finale because I thought that uh you thought the show should end or yeah the show in in general should just end after that because I thought that that was like a nice a nice place to end it and it's just like okay let's just stop right there because it was it was good so uh I think y'all told a lot of the like essential stories there and, yeah. and it well, it serves as a good slice people. of the company. I yeah. mean, and not to say that like I'm sure I I haven't seen the second season myself, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it's not bad. But the first, that one season is a good encapsulation of what the company is. If if your mission statement is just to show Mike and and Jerry and their company off to everybody with a little slice of narrative, yeah, you guys did mission accomplished. I could see you guys not wanting to belabor the point. Right. You know? And like, see, I think we're in season three now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, is uh, it? They're mostly doing fourth panel, which is very enjoyable, and it's which great to the see. Fourth panel? Just the, the fourth just panel is them shooting like, the shit? Yeah, it's, well, it's them making a strip. Oh, okay. Which, which is, that's not bad, but that's it's not, great and engaging, that's not but the that's story really, of the company. That's what's left. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's like, they, they can keep doing those forever, and, and I love them, and they're It's shit. all dessert now. It's <laughs> exactly. no mashed potatoes. I had <laughs> all the steak. Okay. <laughs> no, we're not saying it's bad. We're not just talking that other no, stuff. No, no, okay, no. you're the no, really I, See, I was going to say, I've actually watched it. No, it's engaging stuff. It's just that it's like, y'all did an excellent job of telling these stories, and you know. There's only so many moving experiences you can have about, you know, only so many times you can hear about, um, uh, now I'm blanking on their names. Mike Gabe. and Jerry? Gabe and Tycho? Who's Gabe? Larry? The, the bald one and the other one. <laughs> Not Benson Honeydew, the other one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, um, no. Mike and Jerry I love these guys. I'm badly in love with them. No, but, uh. Mike the, and Jerry! Thank you, Bill. Oh my god! So you cannot make fun of me. You call Bruce Willis Die Hard. <laughs> I'm just saying. We should be just calling which one's petty, which one's arcade. Um, but no, yeah. like the really great episode about his um, his experiences with drug use or his family. Um, oh, I forgot drugs. about that. Yeah, that was great. But you can't do that more than once. Yeah, and, and that would be that, uh, Yeah, the new crew they got are super cool guys. And yeah. uh, who is the new crew? Do you know? Uh, Vantage Vantage Point, Point Productions, Point. Mm-hmm. and Van is the head dude there and he's a cool dude uh, and I think we've talked to him about it and you know they've said the same thing which is like you know it's hard to keep doing like a PAX episode to do a Child's yeah. Play episode to, like, well I can see yeah know. if you keep on doing multiple seasons over the course of years so each season's gonna be essentially not the same thing but it's gonna be the same structure essentially it's always words. Christmas at Hogwarts yeah there's <laughs> always right. gonna be the Galentine's Day episode <laughs> of you know. and like it's, they're smart in that they're focusing more on the stuff that is kind of similar in structure to the website Mm-hmm. Like to do the fourth panel stuff, and um, they have another 
Nine. I'm blanking again. I should have done more research for this episode. They're doing a good job, but I, y'all did what y'all did is very distinct from what they're doing, and that's one of the things I enjoy. It's nice yeah. to see a different respect, perspective that's kind of building on what y'all have done. So it was while working on that that Naughty Dog approached you guys? Yeah, I'm pretty sure right at the end, as we were leaving, we were like, you know, it was okay because we had this Naughty Dog thing that was going to be coming out. Okay, uh, yeah, because I was going to say that'd be kind of a ballsy move to say we're not going to do a second season if we didn't have already at least something lined up. Yeah, yeah. we had other yeah. stuff planned. Yeah, we stuff. were actually at PAX, and uh, we had, like, a whole table set up for chip stuff mm-hmm. because we were, we were like, promoting Reef from at the Planet at the time, and, like, a producer from Sony just sort of randomly wandered over, or, mm-hmm. or no, he was downstairs, and he had seen the guys outside playing... Live chip music, yeah. mm-hmm. which I like. I, I think I may have been at one of those. Pit- like I've seen those guys. Yeah, yeah, they're the right main, out yeah. front of the main. Of the right main on the hall. corner, right outside of Pax, you mm-hmm. go outside and they have the, the speaker set up and just across from the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> right. yeah, Cheesecake and, uh, and Chip Dunes. So he he saw them and like they directed him upstairs and then we got to talking. He saw like a, uh, we gave him a copy of our movie. He went and saw it. Came back the next day and basically said that we want to work with you guys. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we so definitely had that in place. Happened like mm-hmm. this stuff with Infamous, Uncharted, and now Jack and Dexter that just came out like a few hours mm-hmm. ago. Actually, yes. okay. <clears throat> so the Infamous stuff was the first stuff they had. Infamous was on. the first thing. Yeah. Okay, and that was just behind the uh, behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm documentary inside the game. Um, no, it's it's. I think y'all are. I, what I'm really excited that y'all are doing this right now because I'm. I, I love gaming culture, and you know, I, I love the personalities behind gaming culture, and we have a lot of strong ones like Tim Schafer, mm-hmm. but for being like totally immersed in gaming culture there's so many stories that don't get told and there's so much that you can just totally miss yeah. like things like Tim Schafer saying in an interview the other day oh it costs $40,000 to patch an Xbox Live game just off the cuff yeah. and this was like it totally like to- like having that information totally changes how you you know bitch about you know this game needs to be patched god right. damn it you know it's like just to add that human element into this big you know these big corporate brands and like and term, you know, bringing gaming back down to that level is totally engaging. And that's not to say game companies don't produce their own in-house making of stuff, but the fact that you guys are specializing in in talking to people and bringing out the human stories Mm -hmm. of the game industry, that is a very, it's, we're very lucky to have you guys running around as gamers. Yeah. Um, fuck. (laughs) Um, well, I can't fault them too much because they're also trying to sell their game. Oh, I know, but still you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, then it's marketing mixed with stuff that actually people actually want to see, though. It's yeah. not just yeah, y'all are doing a hey, good job. This it's, is so awesome. Yeah, because yeah. there's been it's not like there haven't been behind the scenes gaming things before. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm the sucker who plays this by the special edition and I watch all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What what game was it for Mass Effect One? I think for the special edition or something like that, or maybe it was for like Bioshock or something. They had this behind the scenes DVD. And you know they, it's, you can tell when they're there are these marketing departments that are coming to this sort of thing and doing their thing as opposed to people who are actually passionate about very kind of slight like five yeah. minute documentary on it. Yeah. You, oh no, like you, it was sixty already, minutes. What? And was like it? about something that I'm really engaged with. And ten minutes in, I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, really? Yeah. It's forty yeah. minutes of slideshow of like the concept art, and that's it. And someone's yeah. going, I, I like to draw wolves. Well, it's like because that's what's <laughs> interesting, right? But it's not like seeing these people in their environments and seeing the struggles that they deal with every day is totally engaging and as a gamer it's like I, I like to see the real stories behind that sort of stuff so I'm really grateful they all are doing it like little things like 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 Penny Arcade the series was great because it's these two dudes who are making a webcomic and I know lots of web artists but they're the only people who are actually making a living at it and have a whole business about it and it that's another thing yeah just seeing how 
how these guys lived. That was a hell of a thing. It was totally yeah. fascinating. Like just in, and it's you know we live in this age where we get all this information about everyone all the time, yeah. and it's it's amazing that I can be amazed by oh my gosh I've seen his house, <laughs> wow, <laughs> holy mackerel his kid has an adorable lisp. Let's see these things that I'm learning, you know, and it's great. So uh, what what kind of stuff did you guys do for Uncharted? Uh, what kind of stuff did we do for them? Yeah. Uh, was it, yeah, we, we talked about it before we started recording. Uh, it wasn't stuff like the DVD stuff. It was, you what, you said it was the stuff that it shows up when you're playing Uncharted 3 yeah, well, online have, multiplayer, and it's all the little documentary stuff that shows up in They in, have rotating, like, video content. I think it was also posted on, it was online. Yeah, were you guys there the for the, were online. you guys when they were actually, um, like, doing a lot of the making of Uncharted, or was it, were you guys either. kind of brought in afterwards? No, it was sort of, yeah. like, towards the tail end of production. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you, was, yeah, you weren't filming a lot of, uh, who's Nathan Fillion? Who's the guy? <laughs> in the ping, no, you you were filming the guys in the ping pong suits or anything like right, that. Right. Yeah. No, we were. Oh, oh, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan. Yeah. Or, Who's Nathan? Nolan Cohen? North. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I can't. No, yeah, made me say Nathan Drake. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't. I push you into Leave me to my own devices. I'm just going to say, were you guys there filming Uncharted? <laughs> no, I love when Uncharted jumps through the window. We um, were there for like, during the middle of the production, we came in for like a week and shot like some uh, some of the mocap stuff and interviews mm-hmm. at the office and then working on it and stuff and just then, you know, kind of talking about the pressures of having to follow up part two with part three. It was yeah. all the stuff leading up to the trailer. Yeah. Right? Oh, is yeah, that what it was? Yeah. Like, oh, you guys, I did see that. Oh, that was awesome. Okay. Within game like in turn, there's so many different little making of videos yeah, flying yeah. around oh. and stuff. That's cool that I, I, I distinctly remember which one you're talking about. Oh, Bill gradually remembering he's well, watched no. this stuff. <laughs> no, 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 but it's not like it said like two-player productions blah, blah, coming at you at the end of that. Yeah. Video. It was probably just a copyright. It was just a little like at logo at the very beginning. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know yeah. how much like if that was another thing we were trying to bring a narrative to, to the compelling story of how Uncharted Three was created or anything. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Well, the big news this week, of course, is y'all's yeah, involvement with the Double Fine Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, I it's am. A, a crazy apeshit longtime LucasArts nerd and Tim Schafer fans. I've been following with eager interest, but I was really excited to hear that y'all were involved. Um, that was yeah. When I, I mean, we, we actually the news broke about the Kickstarter five minutes after we stopped re- uh, we stopped recording last week. Yeah, hmm. and that was very cool to hear. Like, oh yeah, the double fine Kickstarter, and just to see, oh, if we're setting aside an extra hundred thousand dollars for these guys, two player productions to do videos. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like at the end of the day, it's like it, the game could be eh, but I'm really excited about y'all's involvement because I mean, that may be the most interesting that, thing that comes out of this. Well, yeah. no, the game will be cool. Well, it's going to be great because this is kind of like Penny Arcade, and it's another very unique situation, and I'm really yeah. excited to get to see it in the moment. Well, just you're going to be here from the very beginning. You, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. you're, you're what uh, uh, Paul, the other Paul, is he's actually down there filming stuff right now. Yeah. While we're even shooting the shit about this whole situation <clears throat> and. It's great to have like the polar opposite of your Naughty Dog work, where it's like y'all were just in at the very end and be able to get little. Yeah, yeah. It's not just marketing stuff. More often than not, we're in there way after the fact. Yeah. Like pretty much on everything. Like even the chip, the chip tune stuff we from at the planet. We have to Mm -hmm. like catch up with that and the Minecraft doc to a certain extent. And Mm -hmm. you know we're always coming in a little too late, but this is like. We're yeah. coming in way too early, even. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's not a hell of a yeah. lot to document other than there's people nothing. flipping out about the Kickstarter. Yeah. But, I mean, that's part of it, too. That's yeah, that's absolutely... Start, so. yeah. Well, the Minecraft documentary, how, how... When did you guys get involved with that? Like, when did that start? Like, Minecraft uh, came out, what, 2008? 2009 in April, I think. Oh, that's when it really broke. It launched, and then yeah. in October of that year is when we were... Uh, 
Okay, so... When we first got involved. No, no, it was 2010 that we got involved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, 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 right. Um, I get oh, my okay. years mixed up, yeah. So, so okay, so that is a long time yeah. after. Yeah, 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 it was okay. a while after. Yeah, we, we had a... We were gonna... We were thinking of doing, like, a pilot about, like, game culture or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, maybe we could do, like, the Minecraft story as, like, the first... The pilot episode. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, Paul got in touch with them, and they were cool with us coming over, and we spent uh, pretty much our last bit of, like, Penny Arcade cash that we had lying around. Mm-hmm. To, oh, like, no. That's not a bad way to bankroll old cash into new projects. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, so we were, way. like, you know, kind of just betting on our last bit of cash to, uh, mm-hmm. to have it happen. So we went over there and shot it. And we, when we came back, we thought it was good enough that maybe we could do a Kickstarter mm-hmm. to do a feature, because we feel like there was a lot of potential in the story. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then it happened, yeah. So How often have you guys been heading back out to Sweden to film the Minecraft stuff? Uh, four times so far, and the fifth is coming up next month. Yeah, okay. yeah and you guys have not, not just been going to Sweden, but all over the place. Like, I've I've sent, we, we, we've emailed back and forth, and you guys are, oh, we're in Scotland right now, yeah. we'll mm-hmm. get back in touch with you about blah, 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 we'll yeah. go back in Portland, like, next month or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what, what is the status of the Minecraft documentary right now? Uh, I had a rough cut, um, it's like 90 minutes done over the Christmas break. Okay. Um, since then, we kind of got uh, caught up just recently in the past week with the Tim Schafer stuff, and it's mm-hmm. been a little distracting. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, this seems that. like a point where you might want to start putting that, putting well, not maybe finishing off a Minecraft documentary, but at least getting into shape where oh, you yeah. can kind of start focusing your attention yeah. towards the I'm, I'm about fun, to jump so. back into it. It's just been like, you know, this week's been like me refreshing the page. And, you know. <laughs> well, there's only really three, I mean, there's more guys. It's double, yeah, two-player productions is not just the three of you guys, but you guys are kind of the heart of the operation, so... If you guys are focused on one thing, it's... Yeah, you guys don't have a lot of pro- yeah. personality I mean, to spread around. Yeah, yeah, there's other guys, but they work, compared to us, in a very, very minor capacity. Yeah. You know, very minor. Support so. people, yeah. There's, there hasn't been anything we've done that hasn't involved the three of us yeah. in some way. Yeah. So. so does it look like the Minecraft documentary might hit sometime this year? It's going to be... We're aiming for summer. Yeah. Oh, that's really? Awesome. Okay, fantastic. Okay, yeah. That's awesome. Man, that's going to be... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love Jeb, and I love uh, Notch and all those guys, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually hung out with Jeb a little bit at, at this last PAX. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those guys are so sweet. Yeah. Well, like right before you showed up, Annie, I was telling these guys about how I bumped into Notch on the show floor. I think yeah. I told you the story yeah. before. I was carrying around my little foam uh, Minecraft pickaxe, <laughs> and it was like the last day of PAX, and I was just bumming around like the Minecraft booth, and he just happened to be like, I don't know, just walking the show floor. And he saw me before I saw him, and he kind of stopped realizing, big fat guy with a uh, foam pickaxe, <laughs> if I recognize him, I was going to stop him, and I did stop. <laughs> and he was like... Uh, even before I said anything, is like yes, I signed your, uh, I, I signed your pickaxe. <laughs> but what the Swedish accent is, and he signed it for me, and he scrawled it. You can't even tell what it is, and it's just like like. Uh. <laughs> and Maybe he was a little tucker. He was a little tucker, but then five minutes later, I saw him like lying down taking a nap, yeah. like in the corner of the pack hall. <laughs> that signature it took him out. Of he was right by the window, and he, I, he was there. I don't know if it was his wife or whatever, but he was just like. <laughs> <laughs> he was out like a light, but then I got to hang out and talk with Jeb for a while. And He's probably the, the only, yeah, the only millionaire that was taking a nap on the floor. <laughs> I know, yeah. I always wanted to take his hat and put it on, do a little dance, and then <laughs> put it back on top of him and run away. Uh, but yeah, well, that's another situation where he's a very interesting personality yeah. with a very unique position within the gaming industry, and you're there to document what everything that's going on. Yeah, with him I right actually now. think people will be kind of surprised to hear some of the stuff he says in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think I don't want to say too much because it's. Nice, it's police. a nice surprise. No, yeah. but I think his his reaction to what everything that's happened is is interesting. I think. Yeah. So. Oh. Well, just his relationship with the all the success that they've had, like saying things casually, like "Sure, I'll, maybe I'll fund Psychonauts too." Yeah. Like just being <laughs> being dude, this grounded dude, like 
just and having that perspective is awesome. Yeah, and he seems like a nice guy too. On top of everything yeah. else in life, it's gonna happen. Anybody yeah, seems like notches. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah, and you guys are nice people too. It's nice to see that you guys got pulled into this whirlpool of nice peopleness. Yeah, and so it's nice people taking yeah. documentaries of nice. Game developers and nice people giving them all money. Say the word nice again, though. Nice. It's so nice. Hi. Um, we were taking a list off pretty quick. I feel like we're not going to have yeah. much work after this. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. No well, who left. else? Yeah, after Notch and... You guys will have to well, do something third, Valve or something. Third, I was going to say, the like, good guy Greg yeah. of the gaming industry is, is Gabe. That's the hat trick. Yeah. Like the, the, the last Oh, you guys, you guys need to send them an email every day. Half-Life 3, Half-Life 3. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be there until the moment, out. like, That's a good idea. Gabe hits the green light button on, on Half-Life 3. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of these days, he's just going to be like, yep, the game's done. We've been working on it. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of waiting for that. That'll be the announcement. It just gets uploaded to Steam without any So, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, what are you guys doing right now? You guys aren't doing much with Double Fine, I'm assuming, because there's not much to document, because, yeah, everyone's just counting the Kickstarter money yeah. right now. We're just well, sort yeah. of managing the campaign. There are a couple of things that are going to happen throughout the next few weeks uh, before the campaign ends. Yeah, some more video content. Some more video yeah. content that we're going to be releasing um, throughout, yeah. so. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's, to give uh, all the people who've donated just a little... Even a tiny, not even an update, but just to say, hey, thanks. Yeah, I mean, there's an update coming today, uh, probably, or okay. tomorrow at the very latest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think this is, like, the, the right way to go about doing a Kickstarter is to sort of, like, yeah. parse the uh, the details out Absolutely, of the campaign yeah. and keep people interested. So. Absolutely. Yeah, and there'll be something uh, in the middle of the campaign, I think, next week as well, that'll be a sizable... I think that will get people excited, I think. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's nice just to keep that traction going. Mm -hmm. Because it'd be amazing to break... I mean, it's going to happen. There's still, like, what, 25 days left? I keep on forgetting about this, yeah. Just because there's that much money now, there's still, still like, three weeks left. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, all those those German video game uh, adventure game fans got to open the wallets, you know? It's like all the dudes <laughs> in France. I love like when they announced it, because like, they announced this right after uh, we re- recorded last week, and I got online, and I'm like, oh man, they're going to make that million. They're going to make a million by the end of the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I saw some people on Twitter like, mm-hmm. and they have made a million in less than 24 hours! <laughs> I was like, even I was like, holy shit! <laughs> Dude, yeah. you got to understand, I'm an adventure gamer from way back. We don't buy a lot of games, but we feel very strongly about them. Yeah, but so, okay, <laughs> there are so very many of us, but we vote with our dollars. So I'm game. assuming, yeah, there's no, as far as you guys know, there's no, like, what the game is isn't really established yet. Because I'm assuming it's got to be a two, well, we might actually, me and Andy can talk about this later, so mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't have to ask you guys for the intimate Well, here's my really question spell. for y'all. <laughs> how did you guys come get involved in this? Like, how did, how was it that connection made? Um, and uh, we talked to a number of, like, people in the industry for yeah. the Minecraft doc. Like, Peter Molyneux, we talked mm-hmm. to him, and Tim Schafer this past summer. Mm-hmm. And during the interview, or after, we mentioned Kickstarter, and Tim was intrigued. Mm-hmm. And he, he was like, huh, you know, maybe maybe we could do something about that later on or something. Mm-hmm. So then maybe uh, this November, um, we were talking, and we were saying, like, oh, maybe we could talk to them about doing something now. Like, mm-hmm. And we wanted to do, like, a documentary funded by Kickstarter on Tim Schafer and, and one of his upcoming games. It didn't sure. really matter which one. Oh, and then I know they had something fall through recently. Yeah, they had and I a game that was canceled. Mm. Yeah, and so, it, yeah, yeah. He didn't want to do it for any of their current like titles that they had in the works because mm-hmm. they didn't know how a publisher would feel about the idea that we had approached them with about yeah. having it completely open. Yeah. Um, so he just and this was actually Tim's idea to be like, well, why don't we just do an adventure game because that kind of has like a story behind it. Like mm-hmm. people yeah. have been asking us to do it for a long time. Yeah. 
Um, so is this is yeah. this is after one of their big projects kind of fell through? You mm -hmm. know, the idea for the adventure again? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. So he told us that, and we thought it was a great idea. So we just started moving forward with it, and yeah. have been planning it for the last few. Uh, like last month or so. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah, that's when it clicked. When was when he was like, "Oh, we should do an adventure game," and then it was like, yeah. oh, "Okay, that, that actually makes a ton of sense." Yeah. Was she talking that already in tandem with also doing the documentary about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Saying, it was a bundle thing. At know? first, he was saying, "We'll do a documentary, and we'll do a game, and we'll have them vote on what kind of game they want to make, what mm -hmm. us to make." So, mm -hmm. like, we'll give them some options, like a platformer mm -hmm. or like something else. Yeah. And then it, at some point, Tim was like, "Oh, I should just do an adventure game because yeah, that that makes what the most sense, yeah. or at least what he's known." Mm -hmm. yeah. It just it does make it such a richer story because poor Tim Schafer, yeah. I love the man, and he's just like the little engine that could. It keeps getting knocked down, it keeps on going, and everybody loves him regardless. And he's such a good guy, and it's great to be able to have this just like go back to his roots and yeah, well, especially with this happening. Yeah, I keep on. Uh, Hemming on the fact that like they just had a project fall through, but the fact that that seemed like pretty dark. Well, they're talking like they're gonna have to lay people off. Yeah, that's when you when in this game e development, this economy, and the fact well, that in game just, development that they're just doing such small connect games and stuff. I mean, relatively small. Mm -hmm. That like yeah, there's not a lot of money to spread around at Double Point, but the fact that that like yeah, everything roars up and it turns into it's a wonderful life where everyone's throwing <laughs> money at Tim Schafer and at you guys. That is oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It makes me happy in my heart, you know? It's like, this, this, it's right up there with, like, Child's Play, which, like, it's just things that make you feel good in the morning. It's yeah. like, you know what? Tim Schafer got a dollar. That's really <laughs> exciting. He got a lot of dollars. And that just makes you feel good. <laughs> so I'm assuming this is a two-player, or uh, just an old-school 2D game. I don't know if you guys have actually heard about what it's supposed I mean, to be or anything. Um, just from the budget alone, I would imagine. Well, this is the, well, this actually leads to one, uh, into another thing, is have you guys thought about yet, probably not because you haven't had time to, but have you guys thought much yet about covering the audience's reaction to the process because you know you you guys are the gateway from tim schaefer uh to uh communicating with the people who have funded this project through kickstarter mm -hmm. like you're essentially their doorway into seeing how this this game is going to get made mm -hmm. are you guys going to cover it at all the like the internet's full of assholes, and some of these people might have their own weird ideas of what this game should be, and there's going to be some kind of kicking and screaming. Because I'm sure, like, I'm assuming this game is going to be a 2D game. There's going to be some people who are going to get pissed off with the, by the fact that it is yeah. going to be a 2D game, because they're thinking it's going to oh, be like an Xbox versa. game or something like that. Vice versa. People just, oh, yeah. just get just as angry. They're like, what do you mean it's 2D? I'm just wondering how much that might be. What is this, 1994? I, I, if I were you guys, would be tempted to put that in the documentary, but I don't know how you could do that. Or <laughs> How do you, like, oh, we're going to spend five minutes talking about how the people who produced this documentary are a bunch of shitheads. <laughs> not, not everybody, but I don't know. I don't, that's not even a question as much as that's dynamic. <laughs> Here's what dynamic you guys do. That's interesting you to find me. 16 YouTube videos and vlogs of people <laughs> Screaming and just yeah. put them all on the screen at there once. There should be special features for the DVD whenever it comes out. Just like yeah, people kicking and screaming on YouTube about how the game is going wrong. Yeah, I'm I'm Purple Tentacle Four, and this is what I think he's doing wrong. Yeah, I don't envy you guys with having to deal with that bullshit once people start trying to give well, you that's feedback. That's really interesting. Is like about people having ownership over this product. Yeah, yeah they think like... they're actually investing in the game. They don't understand how Kickstarter. Yeah. Some people don't understand how Kickstarter works. It's essentially you're pre-ordering the game. Essentially, some people yeah. are thinking like. Oh yeah, this game's gonna make a million dollars. I'm gonna get ten percent of that, and you know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even beyond the literal financial backing thing, like adventure game nerds feel so strongly about adventure games, sure. and like we're 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 fed such Although, little scraps. If you're that nerdy about adventure games to get that one up, you should be be able to understand how it works with a Tim Schafer game, where you're I don't know. Oh, sweetheart, there's still people who are angry about Grim Fandango. Yeah. Are you kidding? Why are they angry about Grim Fandango? Because the controls in such a way that you're you're like you you have to navigate him. Like, That's it's more from just... the point of view of him. As opposed to just, like, navigating the screen. That's more Actually, just 
game gamer craziness than it is like no it's adventure gamer gamer feeling strongly i guess you would know more than me but yeah it's you need to understand that like i i was involved in 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 point and click adventure game like websites for a long time oh yeah you ran a dig fan site and (laughs) i did it's it's really sad it's really sad yeah i was one of the contributors you guys need to create a consultant for the tim shaver but no seriously it's like there are people who like were like when 3d i was still people shitting bricks about escape from monkey island being 3d oh yeah oh man that's what i'm saying if if if, yeah this game and now even the smallest detail about this tim Schafer game comes out people are every little detail if he comes out and says oh it's gonna be kind of pixelated or it's gonna look like this people are gonna shit a brick but yeah i'm excited regardless because that's gonna be as good a show as anything else i know you can you can almost (laughs) make a side documentary just from yeah the nerd rage reaction that could be its own two hour just just oh if you oh. can't tell, we're very excited about y'all's involvement. Yeah, this is going to be Yeah, awesome. every single aspect of it. Because, um, like, a double fine is is another one of the... Like, Tim Schafer is such a strong personality, and he's such a dynamic voice in the industry. And he's done a very good job with the whole... Um, uh, what's it called? The Fortnite project. Yeah, where he was trying Fortnite. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, where they were... Kind of, he was kind of pushing his other team members into the spotlight. And that's... It's awesome to just kind of... Oh, was Fortnite... Was that with the the, the Kinect... Mm-hmm. Where all the little mini games came oh, from? Yeah, because yeah, they had like what two weeks where they were just like running around and they pitched everyone pitched their favorite games and they picked four to vote, which yeah, is just an awesome just, idea. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and it's yeah. like that's that's Tim Schafer. I would also I would love to know more about Double Fine because all I know about Double yeah. Fine is is Tim Schafer. Yeah, and there's everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even though with uh, like the other games that came out from the what the Fortnite thing it's yeah. called, like he would try to push other people out there like. When stacking He's, came out, people yeah. were like, "Oh yeah, this new Tim Schafer game." Yeah, and and he would have to tell people, mm, "It's not a Tim Schafer game. It's yeah, yeah. whoever did stacking game. Right. I can't remember the name, but was that but, Nate's game? But I would know. I would know those people more if I actually see these people in the documentary and see how everyone yeah. works together. It'd be, yeah, it would just wouldn't just be Tim Schafer. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why we kind of went to him in the first place with the documentary. One because he would be a great character, and two is yeah. because he really wants to show what it's like to make a game and yeah. different people well, and stuff especially when he's a, uh, running a smaller studio as game yeah. budgets are getting bigger yeah. and oh, everyone's yeah. getting there's more of a push to make like big Call of Duty like hundred million dollar oh, games yeah. and shit like no, that no it's fascinating this to is hear... a crazy time to be Tim Schafer if you're yeah. Tim Schafer it's yeah. fascinating just to hear the dollar points because he's just been dropping this sort of information like I said like $40,000 patch game I can't well that and like he was talking about like this is why people are gonna get pissed off because they think they're investing in a, in a Tim Schafer game and they have unrealistic expectations for what even two or three million dollars can buy them. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. two or three, because he's talking about what Grim Fandango, a, ha- a million and a half is what? No, that's what the full throttle. Yeah, and that's an old. That's that's why I'm assuming this game is going to be. Well, he's mentioning like Psychonauts cost twelve million dollars. No, yeah, and I saw, there was already some people rumbling online like we should just start a Kickstarter of our own oh my to get twenty million dollars to give Tim Schafer. Oh, nerds. Like no, 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 you don't want to do that. Bad idea. Um. But oh, yeah, the, the 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 gap between expectation and reality for some people is going to be an interesting. Well, thing. this is going to be fascinating because y'all are going to be showing like the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so cool. Well, that's another thing. Yeah, you guys are going to be helping manage expectations by showing how the game is being put together and the creative decisions that are being right. made and how the money is being used. And that's just I such a know. mystery. Yeah, like really, I mean, like you can like nerd out about, like I said, gaming culture all you want and totally miss this whole aspect of it. And part of it is just that a lot of it's not interesting. Yeah. And part of it is that, you know, it's like they, they have to, you know, hide their secrets or whatever, and the, 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 their, you know, corporate um, backers don't necessarily want to share certain information. But it's fascinating just to see, to get an understanding of this development process, because it's yeah. a mystery. It's a total mm-hmm. mystery to me. Yeah. I mean, what's kind of cool is that only at 
present anyway, 50,000 people are going to get to watch it. Yeah. Because if you don't donate, then you don't get to watch it at all. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's pretty exclusive. That's yeah. like, you know. Oh, that'll get leaked on. Could make a jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure someone <laughs> will. <laughs> <do that>. <laughs> <laughs> Within the day after it comes out, yeah, it's, it's yeah. going to be just all over the place. Ah, but. Right. Well, we're gonna Thanks, try and do as Well, as are you guys thinking? Do you guys have any idea how this DVD or this how this documentary might be released? Well, no, it says it's it's, it goes it's a digital download. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not mm -hmm. going to be. Well, I would, I would imagine maybe it'll be on a DVD because you almost want like a physical copy just to sell at stuff like packs and yeah, stuff. We maybe, yeah, we haven't we haven't talked to them about doing a physical. I think uh, it's going to depend on how people are liking the, the yeah, show I mean, and mm -hmm. outside interest from people that want to see it and absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to depend on a few factors. There will always be people like me who will pay for it twice. <laughs> I know. I've already thrown down like 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are in the minority. So. Yeah, that's true. Man, there's still three weeks left, and so that gives you... that. I still want to donate more, and I'm still tempted, like, can maybe I can bump up my thing from 50 to $100 so I can get the exclusive poster, blah, blah, blah. Um, and your name in the credits. I that's know. right. I was going to say, that was actually my motivation. I'm like, I got a poster. I'm putting out $100. I won't be in there. <laughs> me and, what, 6,000 other people? I love that this documentary is at minimum going to be two and a half hours long, just because 90 minutes is it's gonna be like fifty thousand credits in the end. Holy shit! It's a nice problem to have. Whoever, you know what? Like you, you guys, you're gonna to have to have people come over and have like a typing in the credits party well, for yourselves. It's for the game. It's for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, you game. get your you get your name in the credits of the game. Oh my yeah. god! I yeah, yeah. That money. Yeah. Oh my god! That's right. Cool. Um, but for the Minecraft talk. Yeah, the Minecraft. That's <laughs> what? How many? How many funders are? I think it's only four thousand. It's on. Yeah, it's thirty-three hundred people. Mm -hmm. so. Damn. Well, man, I mean, and not even all of those need to go in the credits, actually. So it's yeah, less. But still, that. that's a lot of people, though. Yeah. yeah. Man, I'm. I hope everything else aside, hopefully this, the the double fine thing, and with the Minecraft thing, hopefully coming out sometime this year, will give you guys a bigger name too, because it'd be nice if more people knew the name Two Player Productions that you guys are responsible for this kind of content. Yeah. Yeah, the stuff that you guys are doing, we need more of it. Like it's 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 really just an awesome aspect, and it's something that's missing. From the gaming community right now, yeah. I really want to see Nintendo do some stuff. Oh man! But uh, I don't. I know they won't. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, that's man, maybe. Like, oh, <laughs> don't Phil's, even. Phil's, yeah. Phil's gonna need some quiet time now. <laughs> like, you guys. Sit in the corner and fantasize about that. Uh, like if they had done a documentary on like Skyward Sword or something, right. that was on yeah. the game. Hey, Thank God. I don't know what it'll take for Nintendo to change the, their minds. About well, that's that. gotta be. That's to some extent it's a cultural thing. Oh no, right? I know that's exactly what it is. But I'm just trying to even think what kind of yeah. crazy shift that Nintendo would have to take place for anyone to actually even seriously consider. I mean, they're, they're getting a little bit more open with stuff like Iwata asks, uh, for, with him interviewing yeah. his own people at Nintendo yeah, and stuff, but that's still really very cool. controlled and very... Yeah. Yeah. They're not mm -hmm. going to let a bunch of 20-year-old guys just run around and film and just go willy-nilly and talk to everybody. Yeah, I mean, I'm not asking for too much, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but still, But just talking to somebody about anything, just getting some of these voices on tape before... Because, like, a lot yeah. of these people responsible for the old ancient Nintendo games are all dying or retired yeah. and... It's a crime. Yeah. Ugh. I'll anyway. take a uh, Pikmin 5 doc yeah, over yeah. anything else. <laughs> that's all that they can give us. God. Um, God so, yeah, so you guys have any future projects lined up or anything like that? Or? Uh, that they can yeah. talk about. So anything you can talk like about? A handful that uh, you know, are dream projects, and then uh, a few that uh, we've been talking to people about doing. And oh, But the Minecraft thing and the double fine thing is kind of all consuming at the yeah moment. with the three of you guys yeah mm -hmm. that would take up all your goddamn yeah. time not that if anyone has any ideas we wouldn't be open to it but yeah. you know that's it's pretty busy at the you moment. guys need to track down Nolan Bushnell and just <laughs> get <laughs> into his mind <laughs> man you guys could about something once you guys yeah. could make man I don't know who the hell would fund it but if yeah if you guys could do 
we're tracking these ancient gaming legends down before they die series. <laughs> I don't know what you do. That's not what you want to call it. The last gasp of gaming <laughs> legends. <laughs> start with, yeah, Western Company. Start with Nolan Bushnell and Jordan Mechner and... I feel like it should be like Shadow of the Colossus where we hunt down like these <laughs> enormous figures within the go. industry, but after we interview them, Thank we you. kill them. Thanks, of yes. course. Yeah. <laughs> I just meant to like, tackle the Miyamoto. <laughs> Miyamoto just flying through the air, and you have to stab him in the face. He's like, no, I just want to make this happen. <laughs> well, that's another thing with Miyamoto thinking about retiring and shit like that. Some, yeah. some oh, man. man, and if you guys could go talk to... My brain just even, does not even function, just... That's total fantasy. It's never gonna happen unless yeah. something crazy happens. Phil Miyamoto on his last day at Nintendo. Yeah. Oh my god, oh, that would man. be Oh, and you know that's gonna happen. A single so tear just thinking about it. Oh god. <sighs> well, uh, that's why I'm so excited about that the Tim Schafer thing is happening. Mm-hmm. And it, and you're, I mean, you're true. It, it couldn't happen if it wasn't this sort of context. Like to have it be like not necessarily have any like like there's no marketing department from like some corporation. Oh, that's, that's gonna be nice. Yeah, you have total cr- well. Pretty much creative for you. Yeah, you can't just well, do whatever I mean, yeah. We'll probably have to show it to Tim, and he'll be like, uh, you yeah. know. But yeah. having Tim Schafer ultimately have the veto button is yeah. a pretty good hand to have that in. Yeah, that's a pretty good veto. Button. I'm excited. You guys need to put out a special edit where it's like his newborn baby daughter, just secretly that doing most of the work. <laughs> <laughs> but like Lily, the secret <laughs> history of the Double Fine Adventure Game. Yeah. Um, his daughter's name. That's uh, a I'm, I'm, I'm that, that nerd. <laughs> yes. I'm that wow. Nerd. Well, I thought it was really cute because Lily is the it, Lily's the girl from Psychonauts, right? Am I forgetting? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I thought that was really cute. That's <laughs> the only way I remember. Don't look at me like that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm. An, now he's you, he's mentioned it. It's not completely yeah, bizarre. Yeah. I'm not creepy. I'm not you, like. Yeah, I was wondering if we're gonna point that Facebook out so people don't start hunting something. down Lily. No, Schaefer. he's mentioned yeah. it on the internet. Well, now you see. Now you screwed it. Yeah. <laughs> you got too far. Yeah. Double fine archives. <laughs> It'll right. just be like half of uh, half of a filled. Uh, Drawer I swear to God, I do not have a shoebox under my bed. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> anyway, we have anything else to say or anything like that? Should we be wrapping it up? Nothing profound to say about uh, blah blah blah. Oh, we can talk about blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. That's right. Would you guys ever consider moving outside of? Well, I guess you guys are called two-player productions, but you guys would never move outside of the video game industry or anything. Uh, no, we might that. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not move out. I just think branch out. Branch is yeah, probably a better yeah. way of doing it because we'll always be doing video game stuff. But. Well, I could see like you guys. Like, if you guys do well enough by the video game industry, I could see Hollywood. Somebody at Hollywood, re- you know, reaching out to you guys, saying, "Hey, well, you guys are really into the geek stuff." Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> you tapped into that geek guy. Well, I can mean, well, see even someone yeah. from that kind of stupid point of view. By like, you guys, you, oh boy, you should come film our Big Bang documentary wrap up party, <laughs> where the series ends, or some yeah. shit like that. I could definitely see some ass from Hollywood saying something like that. And you know, might be one of the things where we'll pay you $2 million to do that and you're like, oh, we don't, but it's $2 million. <laughs> yes. You know, we can get the longest telephoto lens and get through Miyamoto's window and yes. be perfect. That is where we started, though, so it wouldn't be too weird if we went yeah, back. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty you know, cool, yeah. We did, like, the behind-the-scenes on uh, Precious. You remember that movie mm-hmm. that came out a few years ago? Yeah. yeah. What, what was so special about it? <laughs> it was, oh, well, no, our, what was... our piece never got... Like, never, Went anywhere, unfortunately. But Wait, what? You guys did a behind-the-scenes thing on Precious? We were there for the yeah, entire we shoot. Were there oh, for really? Oh, I had no yeah. idea. Wow. No, this isn't me being a, a smartass. I just no, I no, had no yeah. idea. Yeah. The guy that directed that was the first person that gave us a job out of college. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, oh, we did shit. our internship with him on his first movie and uh, had just been working for him for a couple of years. 
And so that was the last big movie that we had worked on hmm. before transitioning over into two-player stuff. Okay, so was that, like, what what did you guys produce out of that? Was it behind-the-scenes thing? Or? Yeah, we were supposed to have something that was going to be yeah, on the disc, but it just never materialized. They ended yeah. up taking the footage and making something. They kind of rushed the DVD out, I think, yeah. to get it like yeah. Oscar out, stuff. to yeah. capitalize on the Oscar buzz, so yeah. I think... I mean, they, it's good for him that they were, the studio was pushing that hard to try to yeah, cash yeah. in for an Oscar yeah. stuff. It sucks for you guys when you yeah. guys wanted to yeah, take your time. Yeah, we had and a, a really something. awesome uh, like uh, thing. A lot of really good footage that could have been something good. Well, and yeah. Maybe one day it will be. So yeah. you know. Now i got to watch Precious this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, yeah. We're in the um, credits. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you all so much for coming out and talking with us. Like, yeah. I'm, we can't express enough how excited we are about y'all's involvement in this project. Oh, yeah, it's exciting for us. Yeah, it's going to be good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll be talking to you guys, I don't know, maybe on the podcast, but we're all living in Portland, so we'll be bumping into each yeah, other in real life. At yeah. going up PAX, I can be your uh, photographer at PAX. You put me on roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get the bill cam. We'll just get you a special helmet. Woo! <laughs> just chase Mike and Jerry through PAX. Come back! I love you so much! Woo! Actually, some stills of us shooting these things might be pretty awesome, because we're going to be shooting Minecraft stuff and... Well, not at PAX, at GDC. Oh, but, this PAX, though? You know, oh, no, Minecraft should be done by this PAX, yeah, though, right? Yeah, but the, the Schaefer thing, you know, we'll definitely be there with him for oh. that, so. Yeah. If you want to take some pictures, you can. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'll, can I'll, I'll hitchhike to GDC. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so should we wrap up our end of the podcast? Oh, sure, so we're boyhowdy.org. Yes, what's our email? We're, we're howdy at boyhowdy.org. What's our Twitters? On your Twitters, we're boyhowdypodcast. Uh, what else? That's it. I love you. <laughs> See y'all next week, guys. Oh, I mean, we don't. What are we doing next week? Uh, we're doing know. a Mass Effect podcast in two weeks. Oh, we're weeks. gonna talk about. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about Mass Effect all the time. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah, but Matt. Yeah, okay. So uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys soon. <laughs> so, okay.